That very question was what started the War of the Five Kings. In a way, that dagger made you what you are today. Forced from your home, driven out of the wilds beyond the wall. I imagine you've seen things most men wouldn't believe. To go through all of that and make your way home again only to find such chaos in the world. I can only imagine. Chaos is a ladder. Hello, welcome once again to You Know Nothing, John Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you? I am good. Oh, that's interesting. You usually go, I am well. Yes, I'm better than well. I'm good. Very good. I'm happy. He's long. He's long. Sorry. <laughs> All right, very well. Um, now, uh, we had another voice there, and that's from the state of New York. Hello, Phil. This is Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, this uh, podcast is a weekly podcast to discuss the, each episode of Game of Thrones. But before we get into any further details, uh, Eric, you do a couple of other podcasts. I do. Uh, one of them is the podcast of which this is a spinoff called Dark Discussions, your place for the discussion of horror, film, fiction, and all that's fantastic. Uh, you, me, and Mike are on that one as well, along with Chrissy and Abe. Uh, then there's another podcast that I record and produce myself. It's a general interest podcast called the Scancity Podcast. That's spelled A-S-K-A-N-C-I-T-Y. You can find that on Google Play, Stitcher, and the iTunes Store. Excellent. And, Mike, uh, you do uh, other podcasts as well as a genre blog that you write. Uh, yeah, the genre blog is Unnatural Selections, www.unnaturalselections.com. The uh, other podcasts are uh, Bullets, Brothels, and Brats, a Westworld podcast, and uh, Searching for American Gods and American Gods podcast, all of which can be found on darkdiscussions.com. Uh, that's right. So as uh, Mike and Eric mentioned, uh, this podcast here, You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, is a spinoff to Dark Discussions, which is a podcast that is weekly, so you can hear us uh, even after we go on hiatus from Game of Thrones uh, when it uh, ends the season, uh, where we talk about, as Eric said, uh, genre movies and such. Uh, www.darkdiscussions.com, and we have a Facebook group, Dark Discussions Podcast, and we have an email, darkdiscussions at aol.com. All these things, please use to contact You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. Also, you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play, as well as darkdiscussions.com, where you can find all You Know Nothing, Jon Snow's A Game of Thrones podcasts. However, um, you can find us also under two feeds on Google, Stitcher, and iTunes. Uh, one is You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, A Game of Thrones podcast, and the other is Dark Discussions, which um, that feed includes all our podcasts as well. Uh, so uh, if you only want to hear You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, you can just subscribe to You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. Uh, Mike, what can people do on iTunes uh, f and such? 
Well, if you go to iTunes or Stitcher or um, Google Play, Google Play, thank you. You can go there. You can leave us a review. That helps get our uh, ratings up. So if someone's searching for us, we end up higher in the rankings and more people can discover us. You can also go to our Facebook page, join us there and share us and maybe more people will discover us. I'm imagining if you're into horror stuff, you probably have friends who are into horror stuff. Uh, Not guaranteed because I don't have a lot other than my wife, but nevertheless, there's more likelihood of us being passed along. Yep, that's right. And since our dark discussions is an all encompassing speculative fiction podcast, not only is it horror, but it's also fantasy such as Game of Thrones and science fiction thrillers, techno thrillers, midnight movies and such. Uh, now, uh, we do have a couple of emails, but we'll get to them in a little bit. But before then, uh, anybody have any interesting news they wanted to share on uh, Game of Thrones, anything Game of Thrones related. I do have one thing, which is that so far the spoilers that have been leaked from the Reddit person as well as the ones that were hacked all have been proven legitimate so far these first four episodes. So it appears uh, a lot of the leaks are most likely real. And Uh, And Phil knows this because he's weak. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, I had to go and check. And uh, one of our uh, listeners, by the way, has as well, uh, Sean Fox. Um, so uh, assu- assuming uh, these things do come true, uh, these are things I will not discuss because uh, those would be, I guess, spoilers um, and leaks rather than guesses or assumptions or what we think will happen. So I, I won't talk about anything I have read, even if there's a chance they may not be true. Uh, anything else anybody wanted to bring up? No, I think this was relatively uneventful. This latest episode accidentally got leaked online, or uh, it came. It was not part of the hack that HBO experienced. They still don't really know exactly what was hacked at HBO. Oh, it was, the, it was that um, their subsidiary or uh, yeah, some, somebody from India. From India, that they, yeah, the, basically whatever plays HBO over there. Yeah, it's the guy I get probably from. Uh, when when I have computer issues and I have to call in, I think his name is Steve from Detroit. Um, I think that was him that did it. And uh, it's uh, yeah. So uh, some people saw it. I'm thinking, uh, you know, if it so it wasn't a hack and it wasn't bootleggers, although it quickly got boosted to bootleg threads. They might have. I have to wonder if they wouldn't have been better off just you know putting it up right away on uh, on HBO Go or HBO Now and releasing it early to kind of get around that my understanding is the video quality was pretty crappy but um all right and and again it's two days early so i mean if it's really that important to an individual to see it two days early you know so be it but uh, i didn't bother going to look i just waited until sunday night um anything you wanted to add about that eric have you heard anything about all the leaks and screw ups Uh, i stay away from all that stuff yeah, yeah. The only thing you you s- stick to is the uh, that spoiler podcast. What's it called? Again? Yeah, I listen to Storm of Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't they, go combing the internet for leaks and such. Right, right. Um, anything else? Anybody else have any information about Game of Thrones in general that they wanted to bring up? Uh, I um, do want. The... Oh, two people. Sorry. Sorry, I, w- I was just okay. going to say I do want to point out that we can begin the countdown. This is number 10. And there are now nine remaining. Hmm. 
Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Eric, you were going to say something. Um, I just uh, wanted to mention that there is a fantastic behind-the-scene feature uh, on the episode we're discussing tonight. Um, I found it on io9, and I think somebody posted on our uh, group page as well. Um, and I'll probably be referring to it a couple times tonight, uh, but it's definitely worth checking out uh, about all the uh, stunts and battle scenes and special oh. effects and whatnot. Yes, I believe that was uh, Elizabeth Catherine Gray, uh, who's a member of our Facebook group, Dark Discussions Podcast Facebook group, which also encompasses everything you know, nothing Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast. And I believe she was the one that, that had posted it. And, and uh, also a host of her own podcast, The Archivist, but on Sexy Witches Podcast. Yes, yes, she's a podcaster as well. Yep, And uh, she has been fairly quiet uh, this year uh, for game of thrones and our podcast where she used to usually uh, sends in things for us to read but uh she was a uh, very um um i guess uh, prolific for our you know well, no not you know uh searching, searching for, for america yeah thank you searching for american gods podcast uh, where she uh gave her t- two cents every week uh, but we do have uh, some people this this uh year on this podcast here you know, I think Jon Snow at Game of Thrones podcast, such as Sean Fox, who are sending in stuff weekly for their opinions of uh, the episodes. Um, let's see. Um, so if folks that want to uh, check out that uh, link, Eric, they actually can just join our Facebook group, and uh, it's right there. Yep. So uh, that would be kind of cool. Check it out. So uh, come join us on Dark Discussions podcast Facebook group, and we will add you. Um, anything else Game of Thrones related? Anything? All right. So uh, now we're into um, this episode here. Um, I guess we'll read the emails after since they're um, other folks' takes on what we're probably going to discuss as well, which uh, the two listeners are Sean Fox of Canada and uh, Alberta, Canada, and Melissa, uh, Michelle Barkley of Pennsylvania. Um, so uh, we will read off their emails uh, later in the episode. Uh, this episode here is number four, or um, the last before, or, or actually the tenth, right? The ten to the countdown. Uh, it's called The Spoils of War, uh, directed by Matt Shackman. Matt Shackman, uh, this is his, I believe, his debut for Game of Thrones. Uh, he is a director of television, Um Basically, one film credit, but otherwise, uh, a lot of television uh, and a lot of uh, big shows, too. Uh, uh, Ugly Betty, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, uh, One Tree Hill, Boston Legal, Mad Men, Judging Amy, um, Fargo, The Good Wife, Six Feet Under, Everwood, and so on. So uh, he has a lot of huge television shows that he's directed uh, episodes on, and... uh, they're now saying uh, on the internet, the buzz I'm hearing is that this guy will now probably be uh, prominent in future um, media because of... Uh, yeah, uh, I would say this is good. Yeah. People's well, see, I, 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 I don't know. I'm kind of surprised it took him. I mean, how, how many of those jobs really uh, involved him directing uh, battles between knights and dragons? <laughs> it, it is curious how, how uh, certain people, you know, no matter how talented a director is, how certain directors, whether it's just luck, get, you know, fall into it or they become 
buddies with Benioff and Weiss and suddenly decide to, hey, why don't we hire this guy? He seems like he, his resume is good. So who knows? Well, I, th- I, think with, I think with directors, so much of it is just organizational because they have most of the people in place, right? You know, the effects people, the, you know, the composer, the actors obviously are almost all there. And on something like Game of Thrones, you're basically just there to run the show, to, to shoot stuff. And they need somebody who can, you know, keep it on time, keep everything on budget, uh, keep everybody rowing in the same direction. And really, that's a lot of what's involved in TV direction. It's the producers have a lot more oversight into the, the you know, the, the decisions that might otherwise be made in, let's say, a film. But it makes it makes a good point, or I should say, you should you've made a good point, Mike, which is what made uh, Matt Shackman be chosen to do this episode rather than say episode two, Stormborn, or episode or episode three, The Queen's Justice, more most likely. So, you know, it's it is interesting. Um, but either way, uh, you know, good for this guy. Uh, Benioff and Weiss uh, wrote. Uh, this episode, again, based off of George R. R. Martin's uh, The Song of Ice and Fire series. Uh, August 6, 2017 was the release date, though, as Mike mentioned, you people could watch it a couple of days early due to a screw-up um, because it was leaked, uh, intentionally or not. Um, the viewership is uh, unknown at the moment based off of the information I have here. However, the past three episodes... Are averaging about 9.7 million viewers, uh, U.S. viewers, uh, at the moment the episode uh, runs between the the hour that it runs, whether it's VOD or um, uh, live. Um, so that's all I got. Uh, anybody else want to bring up any of the background stuff? Anything? No, let's get to it. I'm not sure how much there is to talk about tonight, but well, it is uh, the second. It's the (laughs) second to shortest episode out of all seven seasons so far. Uh, It was only 50 minutes or so long, Um, so that was one curiosity. Well, Uh, it's also, I mean, even that. I mean, you're talking maybe a minute less than the next shortest episode, and it's still. You know, four to six minutes longer than an hour long on a network that has commercials. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, it's, it wasn't like I was afraid it was going to be like a 38 minute episode or something. You know, it's a uh, it's it was still a pretty substantial. And I don't I didn't feel the loss. I don't know that there was anything they needed to drag out any more than they did. Um, right, right. Yeah. I mean, the only other thing, maybe add uh, a character that wasn't in the episode like Jorah Mormont's travel to. Um, you know where Daenerys is located, or something like that. But otherwise, there's nothing like that in here. And yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty short episode. I guess we're all done talking about it, so let's wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank uh, you for listening. Uh, join us next week when we'll be talking about something else. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. So uh, there's um, only uh, three storylines. Well, four storylines. Um, there's uh, Jamie Ron. There's <laughs> There's the Jon Snow Daenerys, there's Sansa and Arya, and then there's Cersei's and uh, the the Man of the Bank. That's it. Right. And that last one is like one scene that's like two minutes long. And a, a, <laughs> a, 
<laughs> well, there, there was there was also a smidgen of of Theon. Oh, right. oh yeah, that was kind of blended into the whole uh, Dragonstone yep. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, oh, but who would have thought I'd run into you here? Yeah, yeah. Right. He, that wasn't a pleasant surprise, for Theon. <laughs> but but oh, this was, oh, I didn't know you were going to be here. <laughs> but there's basically yeah, there's there's Dragonstone. Uh, Winterfell, um, uh, the the lands between uh, High Garden and um, King's Landing. King's Landing, thank you. And then, of course, uh, a little bit of King's Landing, and that's it. So, yep. um, all right. So I guess we can we can like we said wrap it up and you know no uh, we can talk about. Phil uh, doesn't guess, want to talk about this episode because fucking no, was, Danny dominates. It's uh, well that that part um, I'm not I'm not wasn't necessarily a fan of, but generally uh, it was a, uh, a fair episode. Uh, let's talk about this episode. Um, some people are saying it's the best episode in the entire series. Um, let's discuss compare it to say some of the I guess more prominent or well liked episodes such as Hard Home and Blackwater. Um, specific scenes you could pull out of other. Episodes like I would still say the chicken scene is my favorite episode of all time. Uh, not episode, but scene of an episode. But as a whole episode, am I missing any besides Hard Home and Black Water that would be considered uh, classics? Like uh, some are saying, this one is mm, Battle of the Bastards. Oh yeah, that's another good one. You're right. Yep. That's, um, that's the the right. finale from last season. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Winds too. of Winter, that was called. Uh, okay, that was Winds of Winter. Let me, let me. I've got my episode list here. The, um, oh, the Viper and the. Oh, the Mountain and the Viper was a good Mountain one and the too. Viper. I would. I. I mean, I. Oh, the wanted, little children, maybe. Go. The, the children. That was a pretty good one. Which one was that? That was the episode after the Viper, the, the season finale, when uh, Tyrion kills. His father, Tywin. Mm. Um, I, I'll go all the way back to, to Baylor, which was uh, episode nine, which was where they killed Ned Stark. Oh, that's a good um, one. Oh, don't forget the purple wedding one. I forget what the thing There have been a lot of good episodes. Yeah, there, there, the Reigns of Castamere, which was the red wedding. Yeah. Uh, and I think the I think it's the Lion and the Rose was the purple wedding. Yeah, yeah, the Lion and the Rose, exactly. Um, so, yeah, yeah there, there's a lot of them. Now, there's not a lot where you had a big-ass battle like this. Oh, and you could, some people, and I've rewatched it like three or four times since uh, the battle at the wall. And and besides the stupid scene where uh, Egret gets killed and, and everything stops, um, the whole the episode is actually pretty solid. That was yes. a pretty damn good episode. Um, yeah, you basically have Blackwater, right? Because the first two seasons they didn't have money for a big battle, right? And saved it all up for Blackwater. So you have Blackwater. You had um, the wall was the next big battle. You had hard home. You had the battle of the bastards. Uh, you had the one after hard home, the dance of dragons, which was the arena battle. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you had the one with uh, Yara getting destroyed by Euron. That was like yeah. I, I don't know if that was as big a scale as this, but yes. So you've only had a handful that really compared directly to this. Yep. Um, I don't. I don't. 
I tend to think I don't want to diminish other people's uh, opinions, but I'm wondering if it's just a matter of recency bias where people are saying it's the best episode ever because I don't because really this doesn't have the emotional punch for me that a lot of the other episodes did because you don't have um, like I, like you didn't have that moment in Battle of the Bastards where it looked like uh, Jon Snow was was going to die um, or or the emotional satisfaction of watching Ramsey get his face ripped off um i'll i'll say i think it's top five um and it's it's a fine line between saying best and favorite uh because this might be my favorite uh because i finally got the fucking dragon action i've been waiting seven seasons for uh but i i could be i could see arguments that it might not be the best if that makes sense Right. I, I, I like um, Mike's point, too. And I like your point, too, Eric. What, what Mike's point, which is um, uh, recent versus historic. You know, I mean, I mean, as a baseball fan, Mike, uh, you know, people will say Derek Jeet is the best shortstop, blah, 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 or Cal Ripken's the best. You know, but we know that's not true if we if you're a historian and you can look through the data. But, you know, we didn't live when this Honus Wagner was around and whatever, whatever. And so people will just say the present players are the best, even if that isn't necessarily true. And I think that could be the case here. However, I would state that in a few years from now, when everybody looks at all whatever 70s episodes or whatever, I could see Eric's point too, which this would possibly be fall within the top 10 and on many people's lists, if not everybody's lists. And yeah, and I think I think part of it is that this is what Eric said is that it, it this scratches a niche a lot of people have had, myself included, for a long time. I have a feeling that in the remaining nine episodes, we're going to see more dragon action. Yeah. So I, I so it, so yeah. so I so I think it's the specialness of this episode won't be right there. But you know, again, it's just just me. For me, this just lacks the drama. Of it, and it's and even with the battle, which was awesome, no no argument. It doesn't have like with the battle in the wall or Blackwater or Battles of the Bastards. You had a lot more give and take, back and forth. Here, this was Jamie. You're fucked. You're totally <laughs> fucked. It's you're going to be fucked, and we're going to watch you for 15 minutes get royally fucked, good and hard. And that was basically, and it was fun to watch it. Don't get me wrong. Well, but yeah, in terms it's, it's of dramatic it's, satisfaction, it's basically the Arab army uh, against oh, the Israeli Air Force, right? Where or, or a U.S. Hueys and Blackhawks coming in against land forces, and who's going to win, right? So you have well, that's technically what this is, Eric. We have an aircraft basically that uh-huh. comes in and bombs everybody out, and if they didn't have the aircraft, then you could argue that the Lannister army. Would would possibly win? It would have been a coin toss. Uh, well, probably not. I don't know about. It would that. have been. It would have been tougher. But I think they still would have lost. Uh, yeah, there, I, w- there would I have been would way more Dothraki casualties, but they. I think they still would have won. They're pretty badass. Um, I I see your point. They're apt apt to just you know go in and suicide and whatever. But I, I'm still saying it's a coin toss. But my point Did is, you is not that- see the guys standing on their horses shooting fucking arrows. Holy shit. They're awesome. <laughs> you 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 had it. You also had it was basically an ambush. They had they were unprepared. They were tired. Um, 
they, they had, and they were fighting something that they had no experience with at all. Um, like uh, is, I, I don't, I honestly don't think that the the soldiers were the problem. Meaning that the Athraki soldiers were the problem. I think it was the numbers more than than the soldiers. Well, you threw. Yeah, they they didn't have they didn't have tactics to really deal with um, an attack the way the Dothraki did, and they didn't have time to prepare, and they're tired, and they're heavily but outnumbered. It, I think there's just way too many. Only only reason the Dothraki broke through was because of the dragon burning the hole through the center of the Lannister army. No, that's how they broke through quickly. They would have broken through anyway. Just a lot more yeah. of them would have died doing so. I'm not necessarily agreeing, but my point is... Only because you, you don't want to. It, no, no, I, I think that Lannister army was, was uh, is pretty powerful. I personally think, again, obviously, the dragon was, was the difference maker. Well, that's, yeah, that's that can't be argued. However, I have to disagree with Mike's point of uh, possibly, I guess, uh, not suspense, but but I guess, uh, what was the word you said, Mike? Worrying about characters or, or something like that? The drama? The drama, yeah. I, I think the drama was here because I was concerned that a couple of characters that I liked were going <laughs> to die. Tell you what, Bron's got nine fucking lives. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and can can we can we can we can we please give it up for Braun because the man has more than earned his fucking castle. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I, I, in fact, now Michelle Barkley pointed this out uh, on the uh, Facebook group, which was boy, we're really going out of order on this. Which is the yeah, final yeah, moment. We should, we should rewind and start over again because we're right, uh, in battle. What 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 Mike say the point? But, but yeah, Michelle Barker basically said that she didn't like sort of the final moment because she said you know George R R Martin would have killed off one or both of those characters uh, in that scene, and I can't help but think she's right, and I kind of felt that too. I was expecting at least one of those two characters to go down. I was really expecting it to be Bron, and was a little bit rolling my eyes my eyes at how often Bron got out of uh, Jeopardy. <laughs> right. Well, only, I, 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 have to dis, I have to disagree. I don't think he was really any more in jeopardy than anybody else. It was only when the dragon burned uh, Quayburn's crossbow, the scorpion, that he was in danger. Prior to that... Oh, I don't think you were paying very much attention. Yeah, he, uh, no, no, he, he, was not running, he was not running away from that Dathraki soldier. He was running to the scorpion and wasn't going to waste his time fighting the Dathraki soldier. Oh, right, but you said he's not wasn't in any more danger than anyone else. But did you notice what happened to pretty much everyone else? Yeah, he almost died about six times on the yeah, way but there. That, yeah, but that's, that's, that's in every friggin' battle on Game of Thrones. Jon Snow should have died like seven times on the, yeah. at the wall. Right. You know, during that battle, I mean, you know, on and on. Yeah, I mean, but, but 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 Bron is not a main character in the series. That's the that's a, that's the difference. <laughs> well, that's true, but at the same time, I think a lot of people have a fondness for him. Yeah, and and so I don't. But yeah, my 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 eye rolling at him and and Jamie escaping is kind of tempered by the fact that dramatically, I think there's better fates in store for Jamie coming on, and I like. I don't want to see be in a world without Bronn and uh and it's so it, it sort of puts a, it's a it's a bit of a shit sandwich but it's a nice good chocolatey coating that helps it go down smooth. <laughs> right. Well, technically I I know Bronn hasn't had as much screen time this season until now, 
But you could technically say his character is or has been on screen as much as other supporting actors such as the Jorah Marmont or Sam or whatever. If you really do all the screen time when he was with Tyrion at the very beginning and uh, with Jamie when Jamie was relearning how to fight, um, you, I, I bet you're... You know, screen time. His character ha- has as much as any of those other characters. You know, Phil. Um, I, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, a lot of the Game of Thrones fans um, are are what's the phrase? Um, crazy. Well, crazy, obsessed. <laughs> um, but uh, more importantly, they're they're nerds, and therefore, I know I can pull up a list. That has the characters by screen time. Oh, God, it doesn't matter. Oh, this is good. I got to hear this. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Tywin, tw- Mar- Marjorie is tw- uh, 20, Rob, 21, Stannis, Joffrey. Bronn is number 24, right after Joffrey, right before Melisandre. Okay. So, so Melisandre, who has felt as if she's been on t- uh, the screen more than Bronn, actually has been on less. That's interesting. Well, yeah, but just but keep in mind that uh, he's been around since the first season, and a lot of the characters he's be, he's you know like he's right behind Joffrey, but Joffrey was only in the first four seasons, so right. Joffrey and, had a much and has been around only uh, since the second season, right? And he's behind Stannis, who had a much stronger presence for four seasons instead of being spread out over all seven. So um, yeah, so he's 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 yeah he's there. Anyway, uh, by the way, of course you know number one is Ty- is uh, Tyrion. Uh, of course. So, uh, 310 minutes and 30 seconds. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, well, um, let's, re- let's rewind and talk about the boring parts, and then we get back to the battle. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I, I would disagree. I, I don't think there were any... Actually, actually, the, the, the cave scene, I would think, was kind of boring, in my opinion. Right, the, the cave scene and Cersei's meeting with the bank guy. That's what I meant by the boring Yeah, yeah right, right, yeah. Because I think the whole stock thing up north was, was, was not boring at all. But yeah, Oh, right, no, so, no, I agree. Yeah. Okay, so, all right, where, where do you want to start, Eric? Right, let's go ahead. Well, go let's ahead. start with Cersei's scene, just because it's real quick and we can get it out of the way. Okay. Uh, basically, she has a meeting with... Uh, do we have a name for that dude from the Iron Bank? He uh, does bank have man. a name. Uh, he, okay. he does have a name, but yeah, we don't know. Bank man. Um, so, yeah. Basically, they had this conversation where the bank guy's like, well, I'm very pleased because you're paying us back. And Cersei's like, yes, you should be. Um, and basically, the guy from the bank says, uh, we, will, we will give you whatever you need to support your war efforts as soon as we get the gold that's on its way. And that's pretty much it, right? Um, yeah. Well, there's a little more where he's stating the banker stating um, after this, uh, they'll probably be back in the Lannisters for sure. That some of his cohorts will be d- disappointed that they'll be paid off because they like the entrance payments. <laughs> and then, and then Cersei says, uh, "We're working with a major group." basically some sort of what would be in modern days a major company in Bravos that will invest in the Lannister um, Empire or Kingdom or whatever you want to call it. So um, it's, uh, the, the Golden Company. 
Yeah, the Golden Company. And Bravos, uh, the guy, the banker, he states that, um, yeah, he. He he basically gives them this company the thumbs up, basically to, you know, it's not a, a scam. So, um, yeah, so it's really just a little exhibition moment, and that's that's really right about it, right? Yep. Um, not not nothing to see here, folks. Moving along. Yeah, well, just just to point <laughs> out for for those who are wondering, Golden Company actually, Jorah Mormont had fought with the Golden Company before pledging allegiance to Daenerys. That's right. Okay. Okay. Uh, what do you mean? What What did he do with them? He was a member of the Golden Company. Oh, I see. Gotcha. And is that uh, where he got in trouble for tr- slave trading? I think that would probably after that, after okay. he'd been exiled. Um, okay. Yeah, it says in the Wikipedia page that there are uh, an army of ten thousand well-trained soldiers. Wiki okay. wiki. <laughs> uh, okay. Interesting. Well, so right. they're like basically the unsullied with junk. Right. Now, before we get into the other scenes, we should probably do the the very first scene because it's it's separate from the rest of Bronn and Jamie's scenes. Um where Bronn is complaining about the castle and all this other stuff. Uh okay. I mean, that's that's basically what the scene is. Is he's complaining uh they've got all their gold. They've got a big wagon full of gold. Uh, Jamie gives Bron a big old sack full of it, and uh, then Bron starts bitching about his payment, and she's like, what are you talking about? I just gave you a sack full of gold. Uh, and he's like, yeah, but you promised me a castle. And he's like, well, you know, we'll get there. <laughs> he's like, what about that one? And he, and he points to the one they just took. Like, that one it. seems to be open. And uh, Jamie's like, you don't want that one. The nurse could take it back tomorrow. Well, he was, point, he was pointing at High Garden. Yeah, High yeah. Garden. So, uh, so, yeah. So basically, Bron Bron's just pointing out the fact that uh, Jamie promised him a castle, and he still doesn't have a castle. Uh, there's some interesting banter too, because uh, the first, not scene, but first words spoken were, uh, "Why are you in a bad mood?" You can tell me. Bron says, "Did you? Uh, uh, did the Queen of Thorns?" Um, Put a little couple more. Put one more thorn in your balls. <laughs> yeah, and, and and Jamie goes. I prefer to speak to my the, the my priest, the septum, on on these issues. And he goes, "There is no septum anymore." And Jamie goes, "Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you're right." <laughs> and and so uh, that little jokes there. And then um, another great line was uh, Braun's complaining about the castle, and he goes, "All right, so you're Braun of Blackwater." Well, a little while ago, you were brawn of whatever dump basically you came from before. What are you complaining about? You weren't even a, you know, a lord before. Um, but some people I've heard through um, reviews of this episode, meaning not just uh, blogs, but but you know, like major places like Forbes.com, Variety.com, you know, whatever.com, um, stated that there's even rumors that brawn could be the type of guy that may switch sides if he doesn't get his castle. You because think well, he has once already? Do, what do you guys think? Do you think he would? He's going to do that, or does he really believe in Jamie and that he will get his castle? Because Jamie does say you'll get it, but we just have to 
end this war. Basically, he's, he's saying the same thing that Cersei said to Euron, which is, well, you'll get what you want, but it, we have to win the war first. Here's the thing about Bronn. Bronn is a sellsword. He sells his sword. So if, if he's not getting payment for his sword, he'll take his sword to the person who's going to give him the payment. And he's, and he's very open and honest about that. You know, right. It's not like he pledged loyalty to Jamie. That didn't happen. And, right. he's, and he's buddies with Jamie, he's similar to Tyrion. He's buddies. Uh, with him. Exactly. And right but now, that's, that's different than than being a pledge. Right. But right now, now we don't know. And this is another thing I kind of like is that we have a week of ambiguity to mull over what's going to happen to uh, Bronn and Jamie. And I, I I did check to make sure that it was in fact uh, Bronn at the end in that final shot because it happened so quick. It did happen right. quickly, but I, I assumed it could not be anybody else. Right. Yeah, well, he's also, he's only wearing also, leather armor. Right. He's only wearing leather armor. And then they also showed the white horse being burnt to a crisp. And we had seen um, a couple of minutes earlier in a Chekhov's gun where Braun is looking at a horse that he wants to get, and that happened mm-hmm. to be a white horse. Right. So. He let, let 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 me just spitball this. Assuming he doesn't drown, we're not there yet. I know, I know, but I'm saying it's uh, no, 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 because he he brought it up. But, yeah, we're not talking about what we're talking about is Braun the type of guy that made, I, I I could you know, very easily see because Tyrion, not Tyrion, yeah, Tyrion will be there. Yep. He knows Tyrion. He has a friendship with Tyrion, and he almost had his balls roasted by a dragon. Um. I I would could very easily see him switching sides to be with with Tyrion. I, I could very easily see that. Yeah. All right, uh, but I also think based off of um, Quayburn's uh, brilliance, he may say, "Okay, if we were prepared, this wouldn't have happened," and I could say that it's never going to happen again. So I'm going to stick with. That, that assumes he, you're assuming he ever actually speaks with. Kyburn. I don't see that happening. No, but I, I figure he understands that the Lannister army is still formidable enough, plus they have these things that can actually wound or kill dragons, that the next time they will be prepared and they won't be... Yeah, so so will the dragons. Uh, I'm, I'm siding, I'm going with the side that has the atom bomb. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about how Bronn may be thinking. No, I, I, I could very easily see him switching. He's been on the receiving end. I think he if he has a choice between... Big crossbow and dragon. He's going to go dragon. All right. Fair enough. Uh, any any further things about... The, oh, yeah. Uh, a couple other scenes. Um, t- uh, Lord Tali comes over and says that the gold has been uh, sent... Delivered. And, and delivered. Therefore, Cersei's has the gold. So, Bravos is paid or going to be paid. Mm-hmm. And that now they're collecting uh, the food. Uh, mm-hmm. so a, a wheat and such for King's Landing, and that would be uh, the local farmers that were, were uh, Tali, not Tali, not Tali, um, those, what are the Tyrell loyalists, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's that's what I got. Any, anybody else want to add anything else that happened in this scene of significance? There was there was a neat moment when the, when the, he's talking about how uh, there's some stragglers, and he, and he says to Jamie. Flogging uh, has been known to speed up things with stragglers. And Jamie's like, well, why don't we warn them about it first before we actually start flogging them? 
And Charlie's like, ah, grumble, grumble, and rides off. <laughs> that's actually in the, the later scene, but yeah. No, 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 that's that's the same scene. It's the very end of this scene. Uh, basically what it is is he... Isn't it? Uh, he, at the very end of this scene, Tolly comes over and he says, um, uh, let's flog the men because they're too slow and we want to get the, all this done. And Jamie actually, he doesn't say let's warn them. What he says is, well, they fought well here, so let's just see how they do before we worry about that. And Tolly... Uh, is, is grumbled and leaves. And then he says, um, oh, that, Braun, Mike's right. I am mixing this up with a line from a later scene. Well, and then Braun says, um, uh, Jamie says, why don't you help the tallies, um, collect the wheat? And, and Braun says, nah, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't want to do that. And, and I'm better doing, you know, fighting and whatever. And but the goes, collecting, well, the collecting the wheat is the first scene. The flogging the people in the rear is the, is the second scene. Yeah, he's he's right. I got it mixed up. Oh, you're right. That's the beginning of the the second scene. So let's go to Dragonstone. Um, <laughs> I I was not a huge fan of everything going on in Dragonstone this episode. Uh, no, it wasn't great. Um, I, there's a couple of conversations that happen. Um, I can't remember which. Ha- oh, there's this little. Little conversation between Missandei and and Danny, uh, where Missandei kind of lets on that something happened between her and Greer Room, and Danny's Danny wants to hear the story, but gets rudely interrupted by Jon Snow. Um, he says, "Hey, come look at this," uh, and takes her into the cave where all the dragon glasses that they're going to be mining. So why don't you see it before we break it into a billion bits? Uh, and he says, "There's something else back here I want to show you too." And he basically shows her a bunch. <laughs> I'm sorry, this cracks me up. He shows her like a, a bunch of cave drawings um, about the children of the what? Are the children of the forest is that what they're called? Yes, the children of the forest and and the first men uh, working together to fight off the White Walkers. And <laughs> I found this to be a little too convenient. Uh, and there are a bunch of there are a bunch of memes going around the internet right now. A couple of them on our page uh, that involve Jon Snow with chalk uh, <laughs> in the cave making these drawings himself. Uh, I just thought the whole thing was a little like, uh, whatever. All right, you think? Uh, and and that's a fair complaint. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, let's. Uh, well, first of all, let's. Jon Snow is going into Danny's cave. There's, there's. <laughs> this is oh, a week after she takes away his sword. We have no symbolism going on here whatsoever. Um, but also, let's let's now they have to be trusting him because you have an enemy king mm-hmm. and his henchmen, admittedly without a sword, escorting your. Uh, what is it? Three foot tall, sixteen pound queen <laughs> into a deep, dark cave mm-hmm. with her also three foot tall, sixteen pound translator in tow, uh, and her eunuch and dwarf. Right? It's if he really wanted to, he could just have snapped her neck then and there. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah. But so it's the, the, some some security issues is all I'm saying. Uh, I think they've established at that point that. 
John Snow uh, is too much of a pussy to do that. Yeah, I know. Well, he's not a threat. Yes, um, I well, agree. Well, well plus, plus, what's he going to do? If he kills her, then he's dead, too, because there's an island of Dothraki. Joffrey would have done it. Yeah, well, <laughs> look where that got him. <laughs> uh, so, then we have this scene in the cave where she wants him to bend the knee... And John doesn't want to bend the knee because he's following the will of his people, and then she wants him to bend the knee. And it gets to the point where, like, they're getting awfully like sexy about it, and bend the knee almost starts becoming a euphemism. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's uh, yeah. And then they come back out of the cave. Uh, so I I think we're about to have our second uh, incestuous relationship on the show, um, although. I'm pretty sure this time they won't know until afterwards. Yep. So, yeah, I think that whole thing was a bit heavy-handed, um, a little on the nose. They do point out uh, that if you look at the, the, a lot of the symbols in the cave are symbols that we saw the White Walkers right. making uh, way back in the first season. Yeah, the circuit, their uh, like spiral. spiral thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, we'll see if that... Yeah, does it mean anything? And I'm wondering now, does, you know, if they've been, like, making these, you know, they're not crop circles, but body circles <laughs> along the way, could, I mean, is it possible that it's some sort of a ritual? Is it possible it's, uh, like, some magic or spell involved? Um, Anything's possible. Well, to bring down the wall or to allow them to pass, or are they just going to say, no, we, we, we got easy pass, we can come right through? <laughs> we'll find out. So um, yeah. after after they come out of the cave, um, Tyrion and and Varys have shown up, and uh, they're like, "Well, we took Casterly Rock," <laughs> and Danny's like, "Great, that's great news, right? Wait, <laughs> isn't that great news? It's not great news." Uh, <laughs> and so then she finds out what happened, and she's not happy. She's not happy. Uh, she's like, burn them! Uh, and Tyrion's like, no, wait, we still have the right plan. And she's like, your plans have gotten me jack and squat. Maybe you are just, like, actually still on your family's side. Um, and then she pulls John into it. And she's like, what do you think? And he's like, ah, I, I don't want to... <laughs> and she's like, no, say it. Tell me, what do you think? And uh, he's like, well, well, you know, uh, I never thought I'd see dragons again. You brought them back into the world. Uh, you've done the impossible, and that's what people see in you, is that they think that you can do the impossible. And if you use these dragons to just burn your enemies in castles and, and cities, uh, then you're nothing different. So I thought that was... Uh, I think he did a good job of saying that in a way that wouldn't get him immediately killed. Yeah, well, and this is this has been a thing all along with Danny, where on the one hand she has an impulse to like free the slaves, to protect the abused, and on the other hand she wants to burn them all. Right. Yeah, that's, this is why she's got to be eliminated ASAP. And I hope. Uh, excuse me. Goes. No, you're still you're still you're still supporting the the queen that did burn them all. So. The, I you want don't, you don't get a say. I, I want Tyrion to take her out. Oh, that would be an interesting twist. 
but uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I predicted this two seasons ago, and I, well, I and still hope that it happens. Waiting. I'm hoping it happens. I'm hoping it happens. You also predicted that Stannis was going to win. So, uh, yeah. How's speaking speaking of burning things alive, yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, he got all quiet. He doesn't like to joke about Stannis. Um, <laughs> I just He'll be back. Too, I too, just, soon. too soon. Too soon. Too <laughs> soon. <laughs> well, well, you got to remember. If it, they're, they're, you know, how they didn't have Bran in a whole season. Well, uh, Stan is supposed to be coming back in season eight, episode one, anyway. So. Oh, right, right. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I will say, one of the things I did like, uh, because they made this point with Jon Snow previously, uh, which is that he's a leader not because of who, who he was born to, but because he was chosen. And I like that they took the time to remind the audience that that's also kind of true of Danny, right? Um, although, yeah, well, her, I, her, her, I have to disagree about Jon Snow because they want a Stark to be the leader of the North, and Jon Snow is the bastard son of Ned Stark. At least that's what people think. And so I don't think it was really that big a deal uh, because of of his bloodline. So. Well, Did he had it, it. Got it. It got him. Uh, but I think they were talking specifically about the uh, about the Night's Watch when he was chosen uh, to lead the Night's Watch. That, that that's true. That that was his own doing because he happened to be a good leader in the Night's Watch. You mm-hmm. yeah. Now look, for the, obviously because of her Targaryen blood, you got the whole dragon thing. Right, and, uh, and she was betrothed to the the king of the Dothraki, so it was it wasn't like she didn't. I mean, she didn't. In other words, it wasn't like it was just lucky. She happened to be a Targaryen, a queen, or a lord from the Westeros, marrying a lord on Essos. So she had something going too. It's not you know, it's like being born to a a millionaire. You you some people are silver spoon, and she she had some luck, but she was, you know, married to a king of the Dothraki. Right, and I don't think there's any, uh, I mean, you, you could talk, I've said this before with, with you know, American politics, is just, yeah, you, you get your foot in the door if you have a wealthy, you know, daddy or, you know, a, a, you are politically connected. Or, or married marry to a president or, or something. Or married like to, so, yeah, but there's only, but there's, you, there's only so much nepotism can do um, in the end, you have to be able to stand on your own two feet, and that'll get the spotlight on you, but it's not going to stop the scrutiny of the spotlight. Sure. So, I mean, you look at what happened to uh, Viserys, which you know her her, her brother. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. He had uh, unfortunately had an attitude problem. Not right. <laughs> and and you know, and, mildly. Right, and you don't see a, a whole bunch of people lining up to serve. Oh, I don't know, some perhaps other Stark that might be out there. Mm. Like, what do you mean, uh, other Stark? Other than other than Jon Snow. Oh well, actually, I'm I'm sure if Sansa had said I want to be the leader when Jon and her were debating who should he she gave it to him, but had he said no 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 it should be you they would have chose her. So I think the Starks. I mean, it was going to be the Snow or or Sansa anyway. So, yeah, but I I think we all know who they were going to follow. 
<laughs> well, no, well, I, no, I but, think, but I that was because Phil's right though on this one, Mike, because uh, they did have that discussion between John and Sansa, where John was like, "I'm a bastard. You're you're the true Stark here," uh, and and she's like, "Yeah, but but you're you're the leader, uh, you know. Yeah, you're the male, you're, you know. So, well, it's a, yeah. Look, there's obviously a lot of sexism, and it's they're in a war. You want somebody who can swing a sword. Um, if it's about ordering grain, we we will go back to Sansa. Um, <laughs> And you're right, if, if, I can't let that go, are you? No, I'm not. Well, I have to disagree with all this because, again, the the best leader is the person that has the the correct people to help them. The, you know, the the cabinet to help them. So I think Sansa not being a sword yeah, she has little person, finger. she not being a sword person, she had she would have the correct people around her, the the heads of the the northern families around her, the the smart folks. So. I, I'm not too concerned about that, but again, they were willing to follow Sansa Stark. Dragonstone. Well, uh, if you have to blame Mike because he was the one trying to throw the, the Sansa digs against me. No, so. but I'm going to bring something up you like, Phil, uh, which is there was actually a reference to Stannis in this episode. I don't know if you caught it or not, uh, but remember how there were a couple times where uh, Stannis made little snide comments because he was a grammar Nazi. Um, oh yeah, apparently. Davos spent too much time hanging out with Thomas because he, he did it to John when when they were going out to see Missandei. Uh, they're, they're walking out there and John says to him, how many wild buildings do we have? 4,000? Less? And Davos goes, fewer. And John says, what? And he goes, never mind. <laughs> I missed that. I missed that. I missed, it. I missed it the first time, too. <laughs> I missed it twice. Oh, it's pretty funny. It's very quick. It's, it, it, you, you can get right by it if you're not paying attention. <laughs> well, but that was that was a case with all of those little snides by uh, side remarks by by uh, Stannis in the first place too. That you had to be paying attention or you missed it. <laughs> right. So yeah, but you're right. It was a very nice little ping. Yep. And then they get the speech from Sandy about how uh, she ch- she chose Danny, uh, and she wasn't there just because of. Uh, who she was born from or whatnot. Right, but because if you're an Essos, they don't give a fuck about who a Targaryen is. Right. They also, apparently, in Essos, like wherever Mesende's from, I'm, I'm still unclear. I'd have to look at a map. Uh, but uh, apparently, they don't believe in marriage at all. So, like, Jon Snow is trying to explain to her that he's a bastard because his parents weren't married. And she's like, well, I, that means nothing to me. <laughs> Right. Where she's from, they don't even get married, so it doesn't matter. It's a different customary there, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and it also depends on the error, and you know, because you know, nowadays a quote unquote bastard in the modern world, specifically the Western world, it's not a big deal. While sixty no, sixty years ago it may have been an issue, you know. Mm-hmm. So um and and then there's there's folks that, that have children that stay together common law. And and therefore are considered married technically by the government, even if they're not married personally, and they still have kids. And you know whether they're bastards or not, who cares? But um, but yeah, so she was confused because she didn't hear this, I guess, um, you know, way of life where people have names that are generic if you're born. Let me explain. There's a real world scenario like in portugal back you know 400 years ago if you were 
a child that didn't have parents because the parents died or they didn't want you or whatever, you brought to orphanages and everybody was named, their last name was De Jesus because of God. So children of God. So De Jesus. So you, you could be, you know, uh, uh, Jose De Jesus and you're next to you in your bed. You know, the next bed over could be um, Jow De Jesus and you weren't siblings, but you were both orphans and you were na- given the last name to jesus and that name is very prominent even to this day you know hundreds of years later that probably meant that one of your ancestors was an orphan and here in this world here the game of thrones world all, as we know all the northerners that are bastards or orphans are named stark all the people down where the sand snakes were were what no were, no, no, no no bastards are named snow Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Duh. So they were named Snow. While down where the Sand Snakes were, they were called Sands. Mm-hmm. And then um, I forget whether there was others too. And and they there's uh, Sands, Snow, Flowers, Flowers, yeah, Flowers. Yeah. And yeah. there's another one. I forget there's what it another is. another one too. Yeah, like there's stone, all, yeah, there are others. Stone or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right, Eric. And so you know, so this is this is actually precedence in real life, and where Masandi's from, her island, um, she has no idea because they just take the, the name of whatever parent. And so she was confused. Basically, why is your last name Snow if you're related to your father's name was Stark? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know what, what pisses me off about a lot of these blogs? Everybody's still saying, well, he's not really Stark. He's a Targaryen. But technically... The only person that knows that is Bran. So, and, and, and that's still wrong because he's half Stark. His mother is is as important of a human being as his father. Well, uh, his biological not Westeros, no. Yeah. Well, I'm you're, you're, you're right, but Westeros doesn't care. Well, f- fuck <laughs> Westeros. The point is, is, his mother is a human being, and therefore who he's cares 50% about the rules of the universe we're in? He's fifty percent Stark. <laughs> well, but that but that's like saying you well, my well my father's Jewish when. Jews, it's through the mother, right? It's uh, yeah, but that to, to heck with that too. The point is, is you're whatever you want to be, and if your father is Catholic and your mother's Jewish, <laughs> you still you can hates being you know. corrected. <laughs> well, no, I, I, I've never, I don't appreciate this when if you're half Stark and half Targaryen, you're still a half Stark. It just is, is, you know, in that real life thing you just mentioned, the you know the Catholic. What if you're what if you're half, half Stark, but you self-identify as a Tyrell? Oh Jesus, stop! Well, it's like you, Mike. You always say you're Italian, but you you forget you're half Irish, and you should always remember that. I'm half Irish, half Italian. I say I'm both. All right, fair enough. It just depends on the context. So moving on to Winterfell. <laughs> er, Eric's one of those Mayflower people. Eric's one of those. <laughs> I am a Mayflower person. Yeah. Um. Is there anything else people. anybody wanted to say about Dragonstone? Are we done there? Um, it was it was the weakest part of the episode by far. I but agree. We have yeah. to talk about Theon. Oh, that's right. Theon well, we, we kind of did. It, you know, it showed up. It was really awkward. <laughs> that's basically the Theon part. They should uh, just behead him for Christ's sake. Why? Why his own people didn't behead him? I, I have no I have idea no why idea. Theon is still alive. Honestly, I really oh. don't. I, I, there, there's I so many people that want him dead. There's so I, many people that hate him. I don't get why he's still alive. I rewatched epi- season one, and he was actually a pretty cool character in that season. But yeah, n- now it's like, oh, just get rid of him. By, for, for well, even when you really play it back, now, 
and understand John was north of the wall when everything was playing out, so he may not understand the nuances of like the War of the Five Kings and so forth. But so if it's, you know, if it wasn't for you know what you did for Sansa, that's the only thing that's keeping me from killing you right now. Right. But the only reason Sansa had what happened to Sansa happened to Sansa, besides Sansa being Sansa, was because Ned Stark got his head chopped off. No, it's because it. Uh, Theon took Winterfell. The, yeah, Theon took Winterfell, which left it open for the bolt, which weakened the Stark position there. Right. And allowed. That's right, similar to Japan ta- uh, invading oh, China Jesus. and leaving leaving the flood for the ch- the commies to take over. Same yeah, thing. Same. So, same with North Korea. It's all Japan's fault. But technically, You're done yet? Uh, continue, Mike. That was. <laughs> I had to throw my World War Two. Reference I know you can't help yourself. No, no, I'm doing it. It's a Sean. very odd thing no, to no, no, I'm do <laughs> I'm doing it for Sean Fox because he mentions it in the uh, the email that we're going to read tonight. So okay. Canadians control you. Got it. Ooh, that's a low blow. <laughs> My family left Canada on purpose because they knew it was better down here. Oh, you're still doing what they say. So did they really leave? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, j- just Sean Fox. He's a good guy. <laughs> Okay, so Winterfell, um, we have a first scene, which is, I don't understand motivation here. Maybe you guys can fill in blanks I'm missing here. But we get the, we get this scene, well, first we get Mira, um, who comes in and says, uh, nope, I'm nope, going... Nope, nope, that's after. Is that after? Yeah, because he, okay. she, she comes in, and that's why Littlefinger leaves. Oh, you're right, you're right. So... Littlefinger, this is such a weird deal. Uh, he's like, hey, Bran, remember when that guy came into your room uh, and tried to kill you? Well, here's the knife that he was using. I want you to have it. That's, it's just me that kind of fucked up. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It makes no sense. It's just a touch. Well, I, here, here's what I think it is. Um, if I can get to, uh, if, you, if this, we have not seen that dagger since season one, mm-hmm. literally, unless, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's been on his person and we have physically seen it, but no one has, there's been nothing in any script to have drawn attention to it since season one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's through that dagger that basically starts the War of the Five Kings because it's used to try to assassinate Bronn. Littlefinger says it used to be his, but Tyrion won it in the game. Yeah, poker game. In a poker game, which leads Caitlyn Stark to be an idiot and ruin to, everything. Uh, to, to arrest Tyrion uh, for trying to assassinate Bronn. Not Bronn, Bran. Bran. Yes. Um, I will say that for once in this episode, Sansa had a really good point, uh, which is that Littlefinger doesn't do something uh, unless he thinks he's going to get something in return. So is is such a great person. She's awesome. <laughs> she's, well, even she, a, even she a blind is, squirrel finds a nut every now and then. She's really but. good at stating the fucking obvious. <laughs> so, um, so I don't understand what Littlefinger is trying to uh, would trying to get out of this. Um. So wait, wait. So my point okay. was simply that this is partly there to remind the audience, because I have a feeling maybe something's going to come back up with that. But go ahead, Phil. What were you going to say? My my thing was, is that Littlefinger is not the same Littlefinger that he was in the first six seasons, which was, he was awesome. And this season, 
he's pathetic, and I, I I'm still like at a loss that well, one of my favorite either characters. Either he's pathetic or he's brilliant, and we can't see it yet. Uh, but he does seem to be a bit off his game, at least on on outward appearances. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The little finger that we all loved as a villain or uh, a moral character of the first six seasons is completely different in this season, whether it's part of that amoral genius that he has, or if he's just stupid now, I don't know. And we're hopefully we'll find out, but okay. So in the books, I was reading up on this and this is a, this is a spoiler warning for the books. I seriously doubt they're going to do this in the show because it would be the Griff, the Griff. It would be so just like out of date. In the books, it's revealed that um, it wasn't Tyrion who won the knife. It was Robert Baratheon who won the knife. Mm. And it was actually Joffrey who stole the knife from his father. Well, quote unquote father. And it's Joffrey who tries to have Bran killed. Because why Joffrey. Would, why, why would Joffrey care about Bran? Because he's a prick. No, but there has to be there has to be a reason. I, I don't rem- I don't remember what it was, but there that it was the, in the books. It's revealed that Joffrey was the one who tried to assassinate Bran. Okay, I don't think I don't think they're going to go there because Joffrey's dead now. Right now, this, um, a, but this was prior to the beheading of Ned Stark, and prior to the death of Rob Baratheon. Yes. Yes. This right, was because he basically steals the knife from his father when they're on when they're on the King's Road in the first season. Okay, he steals the knife from his father, gives it to one of the accompanying cell swords that's with them, and has him go back to Winterfell to try to assassinate Bran. That's bizarre because they didn't even have Joffrey and Bran really meet each other. No, and well, that may be why they didn't go there. But yeah, this do, is so much better because it's it's it's. Baelish doing his chaos so he can try to gain power. Right. And, 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 but they of, do but 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 they do have uh Brand dropped the very I think it was Brand who dropped the various obvious line of someone very wealthy tried to have me killed or wanted to have me killed. Right. Which is sort of the opening up the door now to the Scooby Doo gang to come and investigate. And find out. So we may end up sometime in the remaining nine episodes finding out who it was that actually tried to set this up. And when you're dealing with very wealthy, there's only leaves a handful of players, right? It's probably not going to be Varys. It's certainly not going to be Missende. Um, wasn't Arya. So it's probably one of the Lannisters. Could be Littlefinger. Oh, so um, Little Littlefinger's considered wealthy, but Varys isn't? I don't know that well. Ferris has any personal property. That's yeah, never right. really been established. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Um, but where where Littlefinger ran the brothel. <laughs> so then Bran actually does something kind of cool, which is that he makes Littlefinger shit his pants <laughs> by dropping along chaos as a ladder, and Cha- uh, chaos is a ladder. And uh, Littlefinger had an awesome look on his face when he said that, because that was a from a private conversation that he had with Ferris in a previous season. She's uh, so uh, Littlefinger's probably heard about the visions that Bran has, and Bran saying this to him, he's like, oh, fuck, he really does see stuff. Uh, wh- what else does he know? <laughs> well, 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 actually, at this point, 
Um, Does he know I like a finger in my bum? Littlefinger, at this point, doesn't know that Bran can see things. I, I think he knows now. I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I, I no, can't no, confirm but, or but deny it, that. But no, he's but been a, it's I not. It's, I don't think felt, Santa has felt. gone out publicly and said Bran knows things. Uh, okay, I, I didn't think she was being very secretive of it. At least not with Arya. Yeah, but, no, but I don't think she ever went up to Baelish or anybody else and said, Bran knows things, you know. Well, Bran doesn't seem to be very stealthy about the whole thing, to be honest. He's just like, like he showed up at the wall and he's like, yeah, I know this about you and I know this about you and I know this about you. Um, so I, I, I don't know if it was a secret or not, I guess is what I'm saying. Well, I think um, this is the first time Baelish and Bran have spoken. And so this is why Baelish is suddenly shocked. I, it's a small castle. I'm sure word gets around that. That's, that's a little what freaky. I was saying. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I I would disagree that he knows. I don't think he knows. Well, he knows now. He knows um, now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Littlefinger is a little jumpy because uh, if Bran knows that, what else does he know? Uh, there's a whole lot of th- things that Littlefinger would prefer that other people don't know. Oh yeah, Littlefinger's done. And I'll say it right now because Bran knows everything. And so if Bran knows everything, Littlefinger is done because it's going right. to come out that he said he was the one that betrayed Ned. Never yes. mind any, anything else. I mean, and no matter what else he has done, he betrayed Ned. And at mm-hmm. the moment he betrayed Ned, and if Bran knows that, which I'm sure he does, Littlefinger's a time on this, this planet is over. Yeah. Uh, unless, also, he, unless he flees, unless he flees. I, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, also at Winterfell, uh, Arya shows back up, and there's this kind of amusing scene with the guards at the front gate. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what that. I guess that was our comic relief for the episode. Um, well, it had to be besides, because you besides, have a, besides Braun, Braun was comic relief. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, and but you know they're comic relief because you have a short, fat guy and a tall, thin guy. Right, Abbott and Costello. Exactly. So, so uh, basically, she they won't let her in because they don't believe she's who she says she is. But she gets in anyway, and then Sansa finds her, and they have this reunion in the crypts. Um, and basically, Arya's like looking at her father's crypt, and uh, basically like that's that the statue of him doesn't look like him at all. Uh, and Sansa was like, well, everybody who knew his face is dead. <laughs> so, um, so they had their reunion and it was a great, it was a great scene. Great scene. It was a great scene. Uh, and, and, and so it's weird because it's the way the hair was styled, but he actually kind of looked a, just a little bit like Jack on Hagar to me. Oh, so, uh, Arya and, and Sansa never really got along, but I have a feeling that after everything that's gone on since they last saw each other, that's water under the bridge. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they're well, just for, really happy that they're both alive. Well, and, and I, I'm telling you, people uh, must be stupid because they said they were saying that oh, even even Benioff and Weiss made it sound like that they, well, there's some tension between them. I didn't see any tension at all because uh, Arya is looking at the statue and Sansa appears down there, and Arya knows it's her, because who else would it be? And she says, should I call you Lady Stark? And, and then Sansa says, 
yes, you have to. And and then she smiles because you know they're just being funny. And then immediately they hug and they talk and whatever. And then at the end of the scene, Arya hugs Sansa. So they both hug each other. So I think you're absolutely right, Eric. I think everything's fine between them, and they're going to be a hundred percent allies. I think uh, Sansa's going to Sansa learns more about what Arya has been up to, and uh, she's. She she might not be quite as happy to have her sister around, uh, but that's future episodes. Um, right. Well, and I well, will say the, I like would the whole, first of all, there, there's a little tension there because that's the whole point of the yes, you have to call me Lady Stark because she lets that sit for a beat before she smiles to break the tension. Right. I mean, so there there is a little bit there because they haven't seen each other for a long time. Well, well it, it was a shot for a shot, right? Arya makes the shot, like, do I have to call you Lady Stark? Right. And Sansa's shot is yes, and then they, it sits there for a little bit, and then they, they smile and they hug. Right, and the real tension, I think, comes in a little after when she's like, oh, yeah, I was so sorry I didn't get a chance to kill Joffrey. He was always at the top of my list. And it's like that's when she finds out her little sister has got a, a kill list. But I think it was more confusion than, than yeah, and then anything. and then it's going to be followed up later by where I think the tension is really going to come from. Um, like, what do you mean? Potentially. Yeah, so th- basically, when they're in the crypts, uh, Arya makes reference to her list, and sounds like what list? And she's like, list of people I'm going to kill. And then Sansa laughs it off like it's a joke, and Arya's like, ha ha ha. And then later they're talking to Bran. And uh, Rand uh, said something about someone that. Uh, <laughs> Cersei, or why, Cersei. Why she was heading Cersei. to. Uh, yeah, why she was heading to King's Landing. Uh, and Brand says, because Cersei's on her list. <laughs> and Sansa's like, oh, fuck, she wasn't joking. <laughs> well, no, no. Actually, Cersei's like, oh, it's true. Yeah, like you said. And then she goes, who else is on your list? Because I think it was very curious, because I would be curious to know who's on the list. Yeah, her answer is most of them are dead now anyway. <laughs> Which is true. <laughs> it is true. The list is a lot shorter than it used to be. Uh, so Bran gives, uh, gives the knife to Arya. Uh, it's Valyrian steel, which is important because that kills White Walkers. And uh, he gives it to her, and she's like, are you sure? And he's like, it'd be wasted on a cripple. Uh, and so he gives her the dagger. You were going to say right. something, Mike? Um, no, it, it doesn't matter. Let's move on. Okay. So, right, so she now, so she now has the dagger. Yep. Um, and then at around this point, you have... Uh, uh, Brienne returns to the castle with Podrick. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they were always there, Mike. No, they weren't. Yes, they were. No, they weren't. Yes, Fight! They were. Fight! No, they weren't. Fight! When? What do you mean? Where were they if they weren't at the castle? They 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 had gone to River Run to try to save the Blackfish. No, no, Mike, Mike, they've been at the castle since episode one of season seven. They were there when J- Jon Snow left. They were there. You remember? Yeah, Shanta? Right yeah Phil's right on this one. Bri- oh, okay. Bri- all right. They, they were at the castle at the beginning of this episode. Brienne Bri- Bri- already spoke. Oh, okay. To, all right, all right, right. Why is Littlefinger still here? Right, you're right. Okay. Okay, all right. So, anyway, continue. Regardless, um, so, basically, it sets up the uh, Arya remembering that Brienne 
beat the hound. But let's, let's, hold on, hold on, let's talk about that little cool scene right before Mike, where where Podrick says when, when they're walking through the the three of them, the three stocks. Yeah, courtyard. They're walking through the courtyard. Uh, Podrick says an awesome line to Brand. She goes and says, uh, "You're responsible for this." And Brand says, "No, I didn't really do anything." And Podrick says, "You're too hard on yourself, my lady." And she goes, "I'm not a." And she stops because she was going to say, "I'm not a lord or a knight or a lady." Or, and then she says, "Thank you, Podrick." And it, <laughs> and it was she's like, learning how to accept a compliment. <laughs> exactly. And, and and to be honest, she is. She's both a lady and a knight. You can be both. You can't. You don't have to be. You know. It, I mean, if you're a person that wears dresses and high heels or and fights as a knight, you can be both. You. It's not exclusive. And mm-hmm. I think she's beginning to learn that she is a woman and a lady and a middle lady, as well as a warrior and a fighter and a hero. And and I think she's becoming to accept that she's both, and she is, and mm-hmm. they're not exclusive. And I, I thought that was a she's great line. Just got some issues around the whole situation. That's all. Yeah, yeah. She she basically has childhood issues because she was supposed to be at least in the book she was ugly and picked on, mm-hmm. and it appears that it was. Well, she way. tells a story about that in the series too. She, she does, yeah. And in reality, she's become a, a great person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she is a great warrior, and uh, she's training Patrick, and. Uh, kicking his ass, kicking. Yeah, his ass. She's she's kicking his ass, <laughs> and basically every time she she knocks him to the ground, she gives him some instruction like uh, "Don't lunge," uh, or you know, uh, "Don't do this" or "Don't do that." And then uh, Arya walks up behind him and says, uh, "Don't fight someone like her in the first place." <laughs> uh, and basically, Arya is like, "Yeah, yeah, you're a badass. You beat the hound." Um, I I I want to train with you, and uh, she's like, "I'll go get the weapons, master." She's like, "No, I want to train with you." Um, and she's like, "Didn't you swear to uh, serve both of uh, the Stark daughters?" She's like, "Yeah, yeah, I did." Uh, and so she's like, "Okay, let's train." Um, and Arya pulls out Nito, and she's like, "You can't use that; it's too small." <laughs> and all right, so I'll try not to cut you. <laughs> Which I thought was a great line. Uh, and then we just get this fucking awesome scene of Brienne and Arya fighting. Oh, it was so good. It was awesome. And, and I think, I suspect, I haven't had a chance to check this yet. There was a lot of echoes of her first fight with Serial Florel in uh, the first season. Oh, it's in there, yeah. Uh, with the little things of her, like mm-hmm. not, of her stepping aside with the sword behind her back, uh-huh. uh, of tapping her with the with the sword. I don't and know she, if it's... and she assumes that stance at one point with her sword out behind her. Yep. Yeah. So uh, she's basically combining all of her training from Serial Pharrell as well as the House of Black and White, uh, and actually ends up uh, winning uh, in this kick-ass skirmish with uh, Brienne, uh, or at least a draw. Um, yeah, the first two she won, and then the third, because it was three fights, and the mm-hmm. third fight it was a draw. So then uh, Brienne asks you, who who taught you how to fight like that? And her answer is, no one. <laughs> that, was, I, that was so awesome. It was almost worth that horrible plot line through the past two seasons. I, 
I do have to say state that uh, a lot of blogs and and websites stated that they felt this was fairly unrealistic because anyone that was six three versus five one would not be able to hold off. Uh, they could they could dodge, but when the swords touch each other, Arya would not be able to stop it. And the momentum, would, you mean? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that statement. Well, guess what? Dragons don't exist either. So let's and and, 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 and realize we're in a fictional universe. And Brienne was not point. actually trying to hurt Arya. So right, right. Brienne would kick her ass in real life. I don't fuck. know about that, but it, it, just just fuck. the idea that she kind of held her own against somebody who defeated the Hound, maybe or maybe not at full strength. Um, well, what it shows is that Arya is an equal badass. to. Yeah, exactly. Is equal right, and, to all the great swordsmen of the of the, no matter what type of swordsman, she's equal. And and what I will want to say is that I have uh, for the last couple of weeks been giving some shit to Sansa for trying to for uh, Sophie Turner trying to say that she's as capable as Littlefinger. Well, I, I will say tonight she she or, well not tonight but in this episode she was uh, absolutely on the same playing field as Littlefinger because they were both shitting themselves as they're watching Arya. I have to disagree. I didn't get that expression at all. I think I looked at Sansa as she had a like a, a Mona Lisa grin on her face. Like, oh, this is what? good. Uh, no, no, that's, that's, no, yeah, wrong that's, that's, that's what I had. No, that's how I got it. Was, it. Nope, it was like, it was my little sister has become a fucking lethal psychopath. No, nope, I didn't get that. Well, I don't know about psychopath, but lethal for sure. Uh, well, yeah, and, 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 and I, she was happy about it. She had this. Yeah, she didn't look happy. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got, I'm going with the Mona she Lisa. Looked worried. No, no, yeah, no. I don't see the Mona Lisa grin. Not, you're not at seeing, all. You're seeing what you want. All right, to all right. You, uh. you can say what you want, but I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it, and this is my, this is my vote. Okay. You can't convince uh, me. Of. And oh, we're not going to try. Oh, but we're you just can't say, say Littlefinger's happy about this. Oh yeah, I don't care about Littlefinger, but but no, but you can't. You you have to admit he's he is concerned. Yes. Yes, he is. <laughs> Because yes, not only did Bran reveal that he knows all his shit, uh, but now he sees that this uh, lethal Arya assassin has the fucking Florian Steel dagger that he just gave to him. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I don't know if he's threat. he feels threatened from her, because I don't, I don't even know oh, if they have any experience said. between the two. Oh, of course he does. He's, he's but, but he should, there's no doubt. But I don't know if they have a history together, do they? I don't even think the two of them really have Littlefinger a Littlefinger and Arya? But she's yeah. Bran's sister, and if Bran knows all his shit, what's stopping him from well, telling Arya, who can kill him in a nanosecond? See, see that, now this is the problem with, with this, this the, the fast pace of the seasons now, is that I can't, can't believe, no matter how smart Baelish is as a character, I can't believe that he, he would be able to piece, you know, uh, two to plus two plus two that quickly and say, Bran, just because of one line, uh, chaos is a ladder. Well, immediately think this guy thing, can read minds. Or I, I think people. I think Mike and I are fairly convinced that he would have had some kind of indication that Bran had visions before that conversation took place. Because uh, I I was not under the impression that was necessarily a secret. Then he should have got the fuck out of there. Well, I agree. Well, because he's a dumbass. No, but see, I don't think he knows that Bran knows everything. But he certainly knows something's up with Bran, 
and he certainly has reason now to be suspicious and be a little bit on alert because let's he probably would have heard the kid's a little not right right and he claims right. he's some mystic thing and then he drops that so he doesn't really know what he knows one thing this little finger is going to be very careful about tipping his hand and i don't think that little finger has been completely um i could be wrong about this but i don't think little finger has been uh this season showing his hand i think he's letting people know think that they're in better positions than they really are but he's also very flexible the problem is he now has new variables introduced to this game, which is a possibly psychic, weirdo, mystic brother. And now a little tiny psychopath that he's got to deal with. And he's he's got to have to do a whole lot of reformulation. Oh, oh, Mike, 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 never mind the fact that Jon Snow threatened him as well. Yeah, but right. Jon Snow's gone. Well, yeah, but you yeah, figure he's coming here's back. Everybody's thinking he's coming let back. Me, let, let me talk here. Um, Littlefinger's plan was to manipulate Sansa, and he was very happy when Jon Snow went to Dragon's Nest. Uh, he's like, okay, he's not going to be around, so I can whisper in her ear, and eventually she'll come away to my way of thinking. But now, regardless of anything else, regardless of the of the comment about the Chaos Ladder uh, or, Ar- or, or Arya being so lethal, just the presence of Bran... And Arya is a problem for him because it's more support for Sansa uh, right. to right. more people advising her that aren't him. And that's a problem for him. And, and you know what's funny is that us, the audience, already know that Sansa do- doesn't trust him anyway. So he's, he's, he's unaware what the audience knows. The audience already knows that Sansa is a formidable person. This no, season. no, we don't. I knew you were going to say that, Mike, because you're you're mean to me. But well, he's also besi- right. But besides that, everybody already knows that Sansa is a formidable person this season, <laughs> and therefore Phil knows that Sansa is a formidable person this season. She she always has been from day one. <laughs> but my point is is that we know that she doesn't trust Littlefinger. And no matter what he says, she's not going to buy it because she already knows he's a, he's a dink. So Arya and Bronn here now worries him because now it's two more people that could turn her against him. But we already know she's already against him. Mm-hmm. She is just using him because he has the he's quote unquote Robin's foster he's a creeper. father. He's Robin, Robin Aryan's foster father he's basically the quote-unquote head of the area or whatever it's called um area area thank you and so she's using him for that and he's there because he just wants to get laid and she ain't gonna give him give him give him you know what's between the legs and and yet she's still playing him because she she has to i i think his ambition is further than that it, 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 he's never been one to care about uh, get in action uh, previous to now. So although he may want that, uh, I think he's he's a long game player. Uh, unless he's he's completely smitten, uh, which maybe I, I suppose it's not out of the case, uh, out of the question rather. Well, but, well uh, who would it be? She's and, and, oh my god. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> it would last five seconds in Westeros. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But unless he's totally smitten, I, I think his his intentions, 
go beyond that. I also think, first of all, let me say that if you had told me that, or someone tried to make the claim that Tyrion was a great battlefield tactician, I would bring up how many times he's gotten his ass kicked on the battlefield. He had one victory at Blackwater, where there were minimal variables, and that's about it. He's been a disaster otherwise. If you told me that, Tyrion. Tyrion. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's terrible. If, If you told me that, and many people have, about how Brienne is some great knight, I'll point out the times that she's gotten her ass kicked, that her victories have come against hobbled opponents, and everyone she's sworn to protect has died. Mm-hmm. Um, so when Sansa says she's on Littlefinger's playing field, the fact that it tweaks you a little bit is only a bonus. It's, it's nonsense. There's been nothing to show it. She has literally done nothing other than call Littlefinger to come to her rescue to show that she has any intelligence, and even that she waited to the last minute and almost fucked it up. I'm, um, I'm disagreeing with everything Mike says. He's, he's and you still, and, 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 and Mike, <laughs> Mike is, is, and you, Eric, are, are heretics. Okay, I'm no. waiting for any, and I'm, I'm, listen, I am open if someone can point out what brilliant thing she did other than change her outfit in, um, <laughs> way back in season five to a dark outfit or season four. Sansa uh, when she came down the stairs. is a powerhouse. She's, uh, she's what gonna, did she do, Phil? She is going to rule all done? of the North. What she's ruling she the North. She's ruling the North. And, and the reason that we know she's not on Littlefinger's playing field is because, unlike Littlefinger, she is dumb enough to have basically broadcast to Littlefinger exactly how much she doesn't trust him and how much she disdains him. <laughs> she's not made a secret of it. Why should she make a secret of it? What's he going to do? He has well, because, he can't do shit. Because, she, because she now has told the him, I don't trust you. And now, yeah, exactly. She um, has the power, my friend. She doesn't uh-huh. need Littlefinger. Oh, my God. You're delusional. I so, am, you guys are heretics and should be be burned to <laughs> uh, uh, stand, 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 the Red Witch's fires. Okay. This is ridiculous. So, right. So she, so burning she, fires, yeah. let's move on from Winterfell. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I, we should feed you but to, so, but, to, to but, the dragons. But my, anyway, so my point is this, is that remember Littlefinger, up, about a year ago, the only Stark that... Littlefinger knew was alive was Sansa and Jon Snow was exiled up in the north. Mm-hmm. Now it turns out four of the six Stark children are alive and well. Well, well-ish. Well-ish. <laughs> well, Bran and the whole, you know. Yeah, well, well, we, yeah. Have to, we have to mention the mirror scene. We haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, the mirror scene, which is, hi, remember me? I've been in this show, but I haven't really stuck in anyone's memory because I haven't been all that significant and uh, the right and, and I'm, I'm going the now. really here is because they keep forgetting to take me off the payroll. Well, they finally looked over and I'm fired. Bye, and she leaves. <laughs> yeah, ba- basically, Mirror obviously felt that she was going to hook up with Bran. Bran uh, is basically a prick because he's not Bran anymore, and says he's a three-eyed raven now. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, he's inhuman, and so he ba- he and Mira don't really leave on good terms mm-hmm. she's like she i'm got, leaving now and he's like okay bye you know what? You. it just shows you how people are stupid man they'll do anything to get laid and it, and when it backfires they got nothing and then <laughs> and I, i'm so sorry i got fucked screwed over and you know what i think he's, he's got a good pickup line hey babe i'm the three-eyed raven <laughs> you know but yeah oh wanna by the way i th- want to see my third eye <laughs> Uh, oh, oh uh, what what does uh, Tyrion say? The 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 I made I made the one eyed 
something cry or what did he say? The one eyed snake cry. I can't remember. Oh, I remember what I he made said. the little man cry or something. Or, I, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that was that was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, the ball band. I made the ball band cry. Uh, by the way, I understand. I, I just I did, did want to bring this up. Uh, listening to another podcast, Game of Microphones, uh, they, they were reading a passage in the book. I don't think they intended to point this out, but um, in the book, Ned Stark does mention that Bran <clears throat> is never going to father children. Mm. So, Who, who's talking to father children? Bran. Don't tell Elizabeth Catherine Gray that. Well, it's, again, but it, all that was a matter of it depends on the circumstances, it depends on the medicine and all the rest. Well, in the books, which is not the same as the show, in the books they've, they've established that he won't. Right, right. That was just a, a funny line. Don't attack me, Elizabeth Catherine Gray. I was just Get him! Time. Get him! She's already tried to get me a couple of times. As she should. You're the one over here throwing people and burning them in the stake. Well... Anybody who is anti-Sansa is right. It has to burn, burn, <laughs> and burn. Team Sansa, you all the way. Buddies. Are in great need of therapy, my friend. Team so, Sansa. <laughs> we go back to wherever the hell they are. Uh, they're basically just outside of King's Landing, right? Who's this? The Jamie and Bronn. I don't know. We don't. We don't know. It's somewhere Cause, between cause what's High Garden and and King's Landing. It's the it's, it's the Battle of Blackmore. I think it's called. So it's it's somewhere nearby. Um, he, is, it's, he is able to report that all the gold has made it through the gate. Uh, so Cersei has the gold, and the Iron Bank is paid. Yeah, uh, I I assume that the gold was double timing it. You know, I they're, they're, think, I, it's. I would think so. It's very important. Yeah, it, it has to get to the Bravos. We, we, you know, we got to pay them off. <laughs> so Lann Lannisters always pay their debts. Yeah, yeah. I I still like that one. That one, I can't remember if it was last season or the season before. Except to Bron. J Jamie goes to say that to Bron, and Bron just says, "Oh, shut the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> that was la that was last. He said, "Don't say it." Don't oh, yeah. say it. Don't, don't say it. Don't say it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and and in this episode, it was Lannister was always pay their debts. Yeah, except to me. But you know, Bronn shouldn't complain. No matter, he's the best character on the show after Sansa. But he shouldn't complain because if it wasn't for the Lannisters, he'd be dirt poor still. Oh, holy shit! I just by accident in trying to find a map of Westeros to try and find where this battle took place, found a map of the bastard names. Um, oh, there you go. So up up north it's snow, uh, and then by the Erie it's stone. Over by the Iron uh, Islands, it's Pike. Then oh well, well yeah, what's Pike? Uh, what rivers, is, waters, hill, flowers, storm, and sand are all bastard names. Oh, there you go. Uh, so they've gotten the gold back, and now they need to get the food back. And this is Mike is right. I got confused before. This is where the straggler line comes in. Uh, where what's his face? Uh, Tarly, what's his first name? Uh, Asshole. Lord, Lord Tarly. Lord Tarly. His first name is Lord. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Lord Lord Tarly wants to start flogging the stragglers, and Jamie's <laughs> like, Asshole. "Well, why don't we give him fair warning first? And he's like, uh, "Grumble, grumble," and what? rides off. And Ron and Jamie just look at each other like, "Holy shit! Get a load of that guy!" <laughs> what a piece of shit. Uh, 
I know, you know, what's up with that? <laughs> Imagine just flogging people for no reason. What a fucking. Oh. And so then they talk to uh, talk to Charlie's son. Uh, Dick in. <laughs> God, and, uh, I oh God, Braun is is like so funny because oh, he's the, he's the Jamie best. gets his name wrong again. This is the second time he's gotten his. He goes Rick on, and he goes Dick on, and Braun just goes <laughs> Dick on, Dick off. Honestly, I don't. Honestly, I don't. I don't think Jamie is doing it. As a mistake, I think he's doing it on purpose because he just doesn't yeah, want to. He could be right. He could be right. The, who wants to embarrass a poor then, lad named Dick on? You know. But I mean? then, but then he kind of like <laughs> whoever named him. Brown, he glared at Brown for laughing though. So. Oh, and, and then Brown, and then Brown says, "Tell us the truth. Your father ain't here. What do you think of this whole battle?" He goes, "Well, I'm buddies with a lot of the people that we killed because we, you know, Tarleys and 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 uh, Tyrells are buddies, you know, and." And then he goes, but the stench. And then has a great line. He goes, he goes, yeah. When everybody, when you kill people, they they shit their pants. And he <laughs> goes, I learned that when I was five. <laughs> and Jamie looks at him like, holy shit, you've been killing people since you're five, <laughs> <laughs> right? Well, and then Bron's like, shh, 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 wait, listen. And this is when everything starts to happen. I guess uh, we should just wrap up the episode now, right? There's nothing else to talk so, about. So, <laughs> so what he's hearing <laughs> is the hoofbeats of the Dothraki horde. <laughs> so we hear their army charging across the field. So Jamie and uh, and Lord Tarly rally the troops to set up their shield wall and their spears. Um, and Bron tells Jamie to get the fuck out of there. He's like, get out of here. Go back to King's Landing, and and Jamie's like, I'm not going to abandon my troops. Like, no, they're about to swamp us. Uh, and Jamie's like, No, we can take them. And then, <laughs> well, Jamie's something a, they've never heard before, which is the scream of a dragon. Jamie is a hero because he's willing to stay with his men. God bless. Well, well, I think, and, and being a hero and being a fool aren't necessarily two different things. Um, as, as Ned Stark found out, yeah, I think he's both here. He's he's a hero and he's a fool. Uh, so, well, yeah. here's my. Can I ask a question? Sure. Back in season one or season two, do you think that Jamie Lannister would have stayed? Yes, because mm-hmm. he, he he stayed. He got captured in in season two. So if he was willing to be captured, that means he was going to stay all the way to the end. I, yeah, but I, he I, wasn't necessarily facing he, he was, overwhelming odds at that point. He well, he, he, he was dragon. He was definitely a prick, but I think he was always brave. Oh, I yeah, think he was always brave, but I don't know if he, he would have been brave enough to... Well, yeah, brave, there's a so. difference between brave and being willing to die with your men. Even though he was, he was evil, I still think he always had honor, meaning he would stay with his men even back when he was an evil bastard. He's still an evil bastard. We just like him more now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, well, he's evil in Western... Uh, he's... He's evil in real life, but in Westeros life, he's not evil anymore. He's not well, so bad. he's not as evil as other people. Yeah, he's a, he's I'll a, give him that. He, he's a good guy. He's a he's all right. He's a he's good a guy good who bangs his sister on a regular basis. Hey, hey, incestuous <laughs> relations does not mean you're evil. It just means you're fucked up in the head. There's a difference. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> 
This is what I've been waiting for. Drogon shows up and lays waste. Holy shit, this was so awesome. And what I was waiting for was Quayburn to kill them all. Oh, and that didn't happen, did it? Huh. Well, almost. <laughs> Just a no, flesh wound. Because Quayburn is a good lab guy. He isn't necessarily a good he is the strategy best. guy or well, good advice guy. I, I will say one thing. Michelle Barkley made a comment on our Facebook group that made me a little bit nervous. Uh, which is, do you oh, think I'm 100%. poison that thing? Please uh, make that And that true. would be awful. That would be uh, awesome, dude. Drogon's my man. I, I don't want Drogon to die. Oh, uh, I want it all a team Danny to go. I want it all. No, no dragons are awesome. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, where were the other two? I don't know. It makes no sense. It was stupid. Um, no, it's, I, I think it's... My guess it, is that she are took... They, are they ineffectual unless they have a writer? I, I think well, I think I think it happened to do with one thing, Eric: financial reasons. Well, you could be right. I and also think if you go if you go if you go back to the the conversation with John earlier, that he basically they've talked her out of total war, right? Of just well, laying waste to everything. No, they, they've talked her out of uh, King's Landing, down the city, yeah. right? So, but <laughs> but look, she, so she attacks the army, which makes a whole lot more sense. Right. And she and also, which I don't see a lot of people talking about, they probably burned the food that they got. Yeah, yeah that wasn't that was a little short sighted. Because they they sent the gold they up ahead. Too. Um so yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. Right. But I suspect that the other two dragons I would simply argue are like back at Dragonstone protecting whatever's left at Dragonstone. Um <laughs> And and honestly, look, you know how you ask, you know, a parent it's like, well, who's your favorite child? And they tell you, well, I love all my children equally, but we know that's a, that's a lie. Um, we know the mother of dragons loves all of her children equal, but but really, Drogon's her favorite. You know, oh, it's uh, it, it, it's a complete lie. I love both my children equally. Yeah, oh, we know that. But, but wait, to, wait, wait until they're old enough to have personalities, and then. Uh, <laughs> well, it depends on the day. You're right. There's certain days I like one better than another. I'll tell you that. Whoever's not giving you, an yeah, yeah, exactly, no. exactly, yeah. But uh, oh my god, this battle scene is so good. Um, you've got dragons burning shit. You've got Dothraki standing on horses, shooting arrows, and then oh, jumping off I, and fighting people with their fucking curved side things. I fucking and riding through the flames. And I hate the Dothraki. Kill them all. <laughs> kill them all. I, well, and this and, is. Phil, your feelings for the Dothraki aside, you can't deny this battle scene was fucking awesome. It was it was the, it was the best battle scene so far in the whole series. Thank well, you. It's, I, I think you also <laughs> have to remember, they have been talking shit about good shit, talking up the Dothraki for seven seasons now, right? Going I, all the way back. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I wasn't convinced that they were any better than regular armies. Going, going all the way back, they've been talking them up since all the way back in the first episode of the first season. And I didn't see anything that and, was... And let, will you let me finish, Phil? Sure, sure. You see what you want to see. We know that. I don't but, want you to promote stop, but, positive but you, things. But, but they start off with that, just the, the the sound in the background. And, you know, that's the sort of thing that you could see just immediately putting, you know, an opposing force or a nearby village or whatever it is they're coming for. You know, just even that being an intimidation factor, just the 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 beat of the thousands of, of hooves. But that would happen across. with any army. It doesn't have to be the Dorothy. 
or whatever. Yeah, well, the, most armies aren't going to be riding and charging hard, which is what basically the Durath, the, the Thraki are doing. That's not the uh, style Ram, of Ramsey, Ramsey did it. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did when he swamped uh, well, there, there was cavalry involved. Yeah, there was cavalry yeah, involved, and, and, but they're not. But they didn't come running from you know way from beyond the horizon. Dude, dude this is coming over the way. This is just a cinema, this is edit, and this is just editing and and cinematography. It has nothing to do with with <laughs> whether they were any better than any other army. It's all nonsense. Yeah, but Sansa blinks twice, and she's a strategic genius. You're <laughs> damn right. <laughs> Absolutely true. Yes. You need therapy, Phil. Uh, so anyway. my, Mike is, is worshiping these invaders, and it's disgusting. They're it awesome, dude. Pay attention. Mike, it, Mike, you're yeah, watching yeah. a completely different show Mike? from the rest of the world. Ain't good. <laughs> they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, like they're earlier, rapists. They're a bunch you, of rapists. They that, rape that's, and that's kill. True. That's and true. It, that, <laughs> right. Then. But so during this battle, I uh, I gotta say there's. There, uh, not very often do I actually yell at my television. It usually happens when I'm watching the Dallas Cowboys and one of them makes an awesome touchdown. Um, but I actually yelled at my television during one shot. There's this great shot of Drogon, and it's it's a wide shot, and he's traveling from left to right and just laying waste to everything in front of him. And I just went, Yes! <laughs> I've been waiting seven seasons to see this. This is awesome. <laughs> and you know what's funny, Eric? I, I screamed as well for another reason. When Jamie was about to kill Daenerys, I, I've been waiting seven seasons for that. And I was like, yes. And then it didn't happen. It's like, <laughs> of course it wasn't going to happen. I know. It pissed me off. That it didn't. I knew it wasn't going to, but it shouldn't. It was so like, oh, yes, it's going to happen. And then, oh. Uh, so this scene is absolutely amazing. And if you have a chance to check out that feature I was talking about, the behind the scene, man, they went to town on this thing. Uh, they actually set a record uh, for, for the number of stuntmen on fire at the same time. Uh, uh, at least on a TV show. I don't know what uh, yeah. the record on. Because I don't remember them setting a whole lot of people on fire on, like, Happy Days. Um, <laughs> but but they so had, I, don't they know, had, I don't know what the record really would have been. But, yeah, it was, it was just awesome. Had, they had 20 men on fire at the same time. And, uh, and the special effects were so, were movie, it talked most movies. It absolutely. Most movies. There was this yeah. one moment during the battle, and there are many awesome moments. Oh, Braun. Uh, Braun alone times. was awesome in the whole thing. Braun was awesome. Oh, and, but there's this one shot that, that got me every time I watched this battle, which is that it's a shot of Jamie. Uh, and it's kind of near the end when when he's starting to despair. Uh, and it's a shot of, like, three or four of his soldiers. Oh, yeah. Who's just been turned to complete ash, and the wind blows away the ashes. Yeah. It's just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, so this battle seems so good. Um, and they try and take down Drogon with archers, and the arrows just bounce off. So Jamie yells at Bronn to go get the scorpion, and Bronn's like, you go get it. <laughs> and Jamie's like, I can't shoot with one hand. Bronn's like, fine. Uh, so Eric, I, I must have to check for a moment. The moment you said that, where I can't shoot, 
it, it was on my TV in the background. It was just, it was like so surreal. It was weird. Oh, really? That's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> awesome. It was like, are you reading my mind? Are you, are you like have cameras in my house or something? That was awesome. This exact scene, it was like awesome. <laughs> cool. Hey, Phil, chaos is a ladder. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Bran, Bran is around or something. Eric's like Bran, I think. I, I, as, I, just I make sure you keep your, keep your humanity, though, please. <laughs> You're still Eric Webster, please. Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe I'm the three-eyed bald man. <laughs> uh, but Bran has this journey that he makes across the battlefield to get to the scorpion. And this is, awesome. this is the shit. Uh, because he fights a Dothraki, and the Dothraki, oh my god, I've, I, this is something I've never seen him anywhere before, uh, which is the Dothraki cuts off one of his horse's legs. Um, wow. Where's that was, Peter when you need that, him? Right? That was disturbing. Um, and so his horse goes down, and thus he goes down, and we see his gold scatter on the ground. And he thinks about getting it for a second and then realizes that's not a good idea. He loses <laughs> his sword, too, as a matter of um, He does. Uh, so he's just he's running across this battlefield, and he almost dies like six times because there's like a flaming wagon that comes flying in from the side, and then another Dothraki tries to kill him, and he pulls a sword out of another body and defends himself and keeps on going uh, and eventually gets to the scorpion. Um, and the Dothraki gets there and opens the tent uh, and realizes he's like right in front of this goddamn thing, and and Bronn shoots him in, into the wagon in front of him. It was wonderful. That was pretty awesome. Um, and then this whole little collapsing oh, structure... By, by, by the way, I, I want to point out that this is why you do not accept payment until the job is done. <laughs> right. Because Bronn lost his gold... Because he accepted his goal before the mission was over, right. right? And if he and if he hadn't accepted the goal, he could still demand payment. Mm-hmm. And now it's too late; the gold is gone. <laughs> right. So he's he's got the scorpion, and here's the here's what surprised me about the scorpion, um, is that when it was demoed in the in the dungeons of uh, the Red Keep, um, it look it didn't look mobile at all it looked very very stationary to me so i was very surprised uh when braun was able to have quite a bit of maneuverability with this thing uh it was on like this whole pivot swivel set burn is, a, is uh, which, a, which, is a which i didn't uh, I, I don't know if it's realistic or not uh i i have no idea uh whether something of that size could be maneuvered that easily uh, at least it appeared it was being maneuvered pretty easily, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it was awesome. So he, I mean, he, it certainly made it certainly that. made the scene a lot more tense. That's for damn sure, uh, and allowed him to get a, a good shot off at Drogon. Um, but but it was a surprise because I was expecting to have this thing uh, pretty much uh, sitting on a wagon, porting straight, and either the dragon flies right in front of you or you're shit out of luck. Uh, but the fact that it was a pivot and a swivel made it much more interesting. It was awesome. Um, so uh, he lets off a shot and misses, uh, and Danny comes around for another pass, and this time uh, he hits Drogon. I was uh, cheering. I was so happy. His aside. I was like, and, yes, kill well, him all. Because you're evil. And no, I'm, I'm a pro-Bron. I'm pro-Bron. 
Brian and uh, so Drogon takes a hit, but still manages to uh, to land safely. And then Bron's like, "Oh fuck!" Uh, and dives out of the way just before he torches the uh, the scorpion. Um, and then he's kind of pissed because he's got a spear in his side, so he gives it a whack with his tail for good measure. Uh, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and so then Danny gets down and starts trying to pull the spear out of uh, Drogon's side, and they're right next to a lake. And uh, meanwhile, Tyrion's been watching this whole thing from a hill with some Dothraki. The Dothraki says to Tyrion, they go, your people can't fight. Your people and cannot. It, the thing is, is you got a dragon. If you don't have no dragon, the Lannisters would be you're kicking wrong, ass. You weren't actually watching the scene. You are incorrect. Moving on. <laughs> He's watching this whole thing from the hill. And he sees Jamie, and I think he's kind of got, like, he just knows Jamie, knows what he's thinking. He's like, oh, come on, just run away. Just flee, you fool. Uh, and then Jamie starts charging towards the narrative. And I was like, yes, kill Takes her. a spear out of somebody's body. Uh, and I'm watching him right now. towards Danny, and uh, he forgets that, like, that. yeah, the dragon's still alive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And so, right as he right as he's approaching, Drogon turns his head uh, and goes to roast him. Uh, but Bronn comes flying out from the side and basically uh, flies off his horse to midair, tackle Jamie into the lake. Uh, the horses get roasted, and the last shot of the whole episode is Jamie sinking to the bottom of the lake. Eric, you are the greatest. Narrator, because I'm watching every scene, everything you say is spot on is what's on the TV in front of me right now. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so now, I guess our cliffhanger is, is Jamie dead, which, of course, we know the answer, the answer is no, because how could he be? Um, but that shot lets you wonder a little bit, because yep, yep. he, he's pretty motionless, uh, and he's going to the bottom of the lake, and he's got armor on uh which i imagine doesn't really make it that easy to swim uh and i don't know how easy it is to take off armor underwater i don't know uh, um, excuse so me i'm, I'm excuse sure me. there'll there'll be some way he survives but um eric how yeah. easy it is to take off armor with one good hand that too that too so unless uh somehow Bron manages to save his ass that's probably Again. what's going to happen. Brian's probably going to save his ass. Yeah, you're right. Again. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I don't believe that Jamie's dead. Um, but this, this last shot of the episode would probably lead you to believe he might be. Well, no, it would It would be kind of funny uh, and, and ironic if uh, Bron saved Jamie from the fire only to get him to drown. But... <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> but I don't think that's how they're going to start the episode off next week. And, and Brian also died too, because he got burnt as he was saving Jamie. Yeah. So everybody dies. Everyone <laughs> dies as they should. Cause they went up against the dragon queen, but it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I'll be curious to see what they do because I mean, it's a lake. It's not the ocean. How right. far away can they get? Well, and here's uh, the other thing. Here's the other thing. Is this when they come back up? Drogon's still right fucking there. Yep. <laughs> so I don't know how that's all going to play out. Well, and let's also remember, though, right, we don't know how it's going to play out, but um, if he ends up being 
taken hostage again. Uh, he just found out a piece of information that may have had him rethinking some of his choices, namely that Tyrion did not kill his son. Mm-hmm. But but Tyrion's a traitor because he joined the enemy. Uh, he was chased out. Well, that's true. Yeah, he would have died had he stayed in King's Landing. But, he but, but, but he didn't have to join the enemy. He could have just disappeared. And if you've been paying attention, I think, uh, Jamie's been looking a little uncomfortable with Cersei of late. That's true. So I'm not necessarily going to say that he'll switch sides. Although it, I wouldn't be completely shocked uh, but they would need to have a really good explanation for why he would do that uh, a better justification than just well I just got my ass kicked mm-hmm. um, it, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic that would be at play if they do just take him hostage well, and if they and don't I take him hostage I want to know how the hell he gets away because I don't I don't see it I would love to see a conversation with Jamie and Tyrion at this point Yep. I would yeah. Love love to see how that goes down. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. And that's why I don't mind that he survived because it does. This isn't I survive so I can get back to my sister. This has opened up some story possibilities. Well, I hope he survives because he's awesome. Well, I would yeah, just only nine if he wasn't on the show. What's that? I agree. Uh, what's that but like? I but I don't think he's going to survive to the end. We don't know that. I. Uh, it's anybody's guess at this point. Um, right. I, I'm also not assuming anybody survives to the end because it's game yeah, of Thrones. I, I, I kind of think it would be yeah. hilarious as, as much as I don't think it's going to happen. I think it would be kind of hilarious if just like uh, Danny kills all the Lannisters uh, and then uh, Danny's army dies because she burned all the food and the White Walkers just come in and kill the rest and it's winter forever. I would be good with that because uh, I have no issues with the Night King. He's just doing good for his people. Well, you know, <laughs> some people have been pointing out, um, I think it was Tywin who had said uh, a true king doesn't have to say that he's the king. Right. And right. then they said, oh, see, see, Sansa's saying I'm the king, I'm the queen. And it's like, well, yeah, but we had Joffrey say I'm the king. You had Robert Baratheon say I'm the king. You've had Jon Snow say I'm the king. Pretty much everyone that's been a king on the show or a queen has said, I'm the king, I'm the queen. Cersei has certainly said it, except... Sansa hasn't said it. What are you talking about? Well, because she's not. I'm saying everyone who was the king or queen has said, I'm the king. Yeah, but, but you said Sansa said it. You may have meant Cersei's. Well, Cersei. I, Cersei I, said okay, it. Okay, right, I'm trying so to figure out what your except, point is here. Except, point? except, except the Night King. The Night King's never said it. Therefore, well, he, he must be the king. said a goddamn thing. Right, but that means he's the true king. <laughs> And, okay. and honestly, honestly, I'm good with that because he has as much right to protect his people as anybody else. He's not protecting well, his people. That, that's not really like going on the march and heading south is not protection. That's so, attack. So he, yeah, that was he's been, his people have been forced to live in exile north, and therefore he's taking his rightful place in <laughs> the south. Oh, if and, it's his rightful place, then Daenerys's rightful place is the Iron Throne. Same thing. Technically, everybody has a right. Every, every, absolutely. You're right, Eric. Everybody has a right to fight for their people, even if you're not on their side. Come on, Eric. you got to go with me on this. Uh, I w- I d- no, I just do want to point out that 
as much as I enjoyed all of the uh, Drogon action in this episode, uh, I, I do think that that whole uh, run down the road, burning all the food, uh, was extremely short-sighted on Danny's part. Uh, maybe she didn't know what was in the wagons. Maybe she thought it was the gold. I don't know. Uh, but uh, everybody needed that food. Uh, <laughs> like the entire continent of Westeros. Uh, so uh, that was not a good thing to happen, uh, no matter who you are. Uh, and I'll be interested to see how much of, uh, of a ramification that has later. Well, we'll see if they even bother mentioning it. Well, that's, um, that's probably what's going to happen, Mike. Yeah, they probably won't even no. mention it. Um, uh, no, but on, on a serious note, I honestly believe that the Night King is evil because he's attacking humans, but technically, we don't know his motivations. No, but he's but he's set up as the as the, the great villain. big other. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Yes. You have all you, you have all the rest that are set up to be identifiable villains, human villains. Right, right. Was there anything else in the battle scene we wanted to hit before we wrap this um, up? I'll just mention once more that Bronn was awesome. No, Bronn uh, was awesome in this scene. He was. Yeah. And I do want to mention, because we glossed over it, um, I, I do want to give out a shout-out to how they dealt with Dickon, because we have met Dickon before. Dickon I'm, is... I'm, not, I'm never not going to giggle with, with he, he, oh, well, he, he was heroic. He was well, and, but but Dickon we met as Sam's older brother, oh, and and they they liked each other. He wasn't a dink, mm-hmm. but they yeah, but they 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 fleshed him out well. They developed him well in the little bit they had. I don't know if he survived the battle or not. We don't he saved know. Jamie. He yeah, did save Jamie. Yeah. He did save Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. They've basically uh, defined the Tullys pretty well. That Dickon is a is a fairly decent human being, and that his father is a prick. Yes. Did did we see what happened to, to Lord Tarley? We do not. No, no. Okay. Yeah. He may uh, have been roasted. I'm not sure. It's a possibility, yes. How how will Cersei react if uh Jamie is taken again? She did not react well last time. She boy, she really held it against uh Jamie for getting kidnapped. You know what? Right? You know what? I technically I you know what? I could see her saying fuck him. And and just using Euron as a, her right hand man, like she's been using. Jamie. Oh, she she yeah, she's, that'd be a yeah, but, move. But she's also totally disgusted by by, uh, by by the Greyjoys and by Euron. We do have some emails. Uh, let me let me read some emails here. Uh, Sean Fox. Um, I've already talked to him offline about this, and uh, discuss that in a moment. But this is what he says. He goes, "You know nothing, Jon Snow. The spoils of war episode. Hello, gang." Just finished the latest episode, and it sure didn't finish on a whipper. I learned a very valuable life lesson that I probably have known all along but tried to hide. It was hard to ignore it in this episode. I am that guy who totally hates seeing animals killed or hurt in stories in whatever form that takes. Watching this episode, I literally stood up from my seat when Danny flew Drogon above the battlefield and got him to go all... Dracarys on the Lannister forces. I cheered, I whooped, and I cursed Braun, a character I have enjoyed thoroughly for his tenure of the series. But as he fired Kyburn's superweapon, I was wishing and praying for his death, just as I have wished it on each character who've murdered the direwolves previously. <laughs> there was no blurry line and no th- 
thoughtful logic, just pure fury and anger that Drogon might get killed or seriously wounded. I am one of those people. I admit it. And I wear it as my soulless ginger badge of honor. <laughs> but all of that is okay and acceptable because as a wise man once said, people suck. <laughs> For an episode that started out with a quiet and pleasant reunion of Starks, it sure ended with a bang and I am excited to see what happens next. I enjoyed Arya's return to Winterfell and her Jedi training session with Brienne, which, though probably a little forced, still taught Podrick some new tricks. <laughs> I also tried to read further into Brienne's insight and just how much he knows of Littlefinger's treachery and his part to play in the events that have unfolded and still to come. My final thoughts are any episode that has dragons flying, burning, and unleashing their fury is a winner for me. I just wish for the dragons and direwolves could have teamed up. I think they would be the best team ever, ever with an H. But since that won't be the way this plays out, I will gladly revel in the Lannisters barbecue fun and hope against hope the dragons make it out this little run to the White Walker apocalypse alive. Though I have fears that may not be the case, and when that happens, you guys will be getting one H-E double hockey stick of a teary-eyed email. <laughs> Until next week, thanks for awesome podcast fun, and one of these days we will all be faced with the quandary of our time in the Stalin versus Hitler versus Phil triple threat match. I'm banking on a surprise run in Go from Godzilla who takes out Stalin and Hitler with his atomic breath finisher and cracks open a couple of cool, refreshing Canadian beers in victory with Phil. Sean from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. Well, first of all, you know he's Canadian, so we obviously know he's secretly in league with the Night King. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I did speak to him offline and said that he's a hypocrite because <laughs> the dragon was burning horses alive and therefore Braun was a good man because he was killing a dragon who was killing innocent horses. <laughs> so, and he agreed. He goes, that's a fair point, Phil. So team, team horse or, or surviving horses. Uh, there are uh, way more horses than dragons. Yeah, but they can, they, they can stand to have a few losses. Yeah, I guess, but, but, I, I was devastated. All those poor horses burnt alive. I uh, will say that that scene where the uh, the leg got cut off was that that was a little disturbing. Yes, I also said that too. I said anybody who who's allied with Dothraki who chop off innocent horses' legs. That no, that I, I want to point out the uh, the Lannisters stabbed a fair share of horses. Um, it's I think it's all the fault of the Lannisters for putting their horses in the uh, harm's way. Yeah, it's the fault of the people riding the horses, really. Uh, thank you, Sean, for, for the email. And please email us next week. We want to hear your thoughts. Uh, we do have another uh, email from uh, Michelle Barkley from Pittsburgh. Uh, not Pittsburgh, but from Pennsylvania. Uh, this is what she has to say. She goes, first, let me say the field of fire scene was what I have been waiting for. This show can do battle scenes like no other. The battle of Blackwater was amazing. Then the battle of the bastards. Now this, when Braun heard the hoofs pounding in the distance... And the camera held on that hill as we heard the Dothraki coming, heard them whooping and screaming, and finally say the crest—I mean, saw the crest of the hill—was uh, heart pounding. 
I was literally on the edge of my seat. Danny uttering the Dracarys line gave me chills as we heard the music stop, then start again as the dragon unleashed the fire. This is top-notch work, in my opinion. The pace at which the story is being told is insane now, and I am already in a panic that there are only two more episodes of this show left this season. Technically, there's three, but... I get her point. I really wish we didn't have to wait a full year to get the rest of this. I don't know if the next season's release date has been set yet, but I do hope it's in a few short months. Though there's rumors it may be two years from now. Before I get... Just crush all of her hopes. You know what? I know, seriously. I mean, everybody's pissed at George R.R. Martin, but the Double Ds are now as bad as as him, because they're going to do two years from now. There's a good chance Season 8 comes out before the winds of winter. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's pathetic. Uh, Anyway, uh, before I get started on the show, I have a few things to say about this podcast, other podcasts, and George R.R. Martin himself. Let me say that you gents have the best A Game of Thrones themed podcast out there. I have been attempting to listen to a few others, and they just don't compare. Between the other podcasts, all using the the term deep dive, can we please stop using that term? It's as bad as writers using the word cacophony to death. The host constantly saying, and like um, constantly majority of the time using all three of these terms in a row. Let's not forget the ones that treat the show like it's a morning radio show and are extremely loud and obnoxious. DTP is the one for me. I also have to state that Phil is really a trooper. He takes relentless teasing about Sansa on Facebook page, <laughs> as well as on the podcast. Uh, especially he has tonight. it coming. Mike has bothered me terribly tonight about it. And always has a great sense of humor about it. Kudos to you, Phil. It can be hard sometimes always having this joke narrowed onto oneself. But you do it with your head held high, and we love you for that. Thank you, Michelle, and God bless Team Santa. It, it wouldn't happen if he had just saw the light. Team <laughs> yeah, Santa. If he had a modicum of common sense, it wouldn't be a Team problem. Team Santa all the way. <laughs> anyway, on to the show. Question. At the beginning of the episode, they specifically mentioned the gold making it to King Landing. Mm-hmm. So are we to assume that none of the gold was torched by Drogon? Yes. I am certainly bummed if this is the case. I wanted it to all get melted in that rain of fire. But there is a question for Mike, because I do know the answer to this. Can the fire from a dragon melt all of that gold, Mike? Yes. Would it have to be constant heat, or would it a swipe do the work? I don't know how hot the flame is, but if I'm pretty sure stone has a much higher melting point than, um, than gold, and we've seen Harrenhal which was way no. back in season two, and we saw the walls of that melted by dragon fire. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm assuming if the dragons can melt the stone walls, I don't know if it's in a short burst or sustained fire, I'm sure they have no trouble melting gold. And she states, I realize that you have no idea how hot dragon breath is, but I am curious if you would be able to clear this up for me. And I think your point, Mike, um, Harrenhal is, is an excellent example of that. We finally get to see Arya putting her Beatrix Keto Kill Bill training into action. Seems Sansa was jealous that not only did Brienne agree that she was in fact sworn to protect both sisters, 
But seeing Arya in action caused her to get a tad envious. Nonsense. It was a Mona Lisa smile. <laughs> <laughs> the look Arya gives Littlefinger at the end of that scene is wonderful. I can't wait to see if she wears a face of someone else when she murders him or if she will do it as herself. The line about chaos being a ladder being repeated by Bran to Littlefinger made me want to cheer. That was one of my favorite monologues from the show when it was he and the spider talking about the realm to have that repeated to him and taking the clever words right out of his mouth was very satisfying. The chemistry between John and Danny is electric as they spoke in the cave and she got a closer, she got closer to him. I was waiting for a makeout session. <laughs> they both have good points, but I have to stand on the side of the woman who rides a friggin' dragon. That would be all I needed to follow someone. Dragons. I am curious. I'm in. Curious as to who each of you agree with. She made a great point about not letting his pride get in the way. But on the same side, why does it matter so much for her that he has to bend the knee? The conversation John and Davos had with Miss Missandei gave great insight into what those who follow Danny think of her. On to the battle. The wonderful, beauty, beautiful battle. I have watched it now for a third time this morning to try to catch things that I missed. The production and execution of this scene was breathtaking. Seeing Jamie's face as he looks around as people are burning to death in their armor. To seeing Tyrion's reaction to watching his house and possible family get burned alive. What is this going to do to him internally? Watching the Dathraki in action was incredible, and that one tough mother who was after Bronn when he cut the leg off his horse, so good. The scorpion is now toast, and the final scene of Jamie charging Danny was something we have been waiting for. I am assuming it was Bronn who saved Jamie, or it was Dickon again. Either way, I have to call bullshit on that save. I know that's a nitpick, and maybe if Jamie shows up alive next week, except being covered in scars from being burnt, then okay. Is this the last we will see of Jamie until next season? I have to stop typing now because I could go on and on pondering the show. I'm going to end this by saying the one who is playing a pretty solid game is Kyburn. That mad son of a bitch is being the most fiendish thing out there and is quite good at whispering evil things into Cersei's already evil mind. Go, Kyburn, go. And then she has a, uh, a second email. I apologize for adding more to this, but <laughs> I forgot to add in a major point I wanted to make, thing. to make about George R. R. Martin himself. The man started this book series in 1996. He is not a prolific writer at all. No kidding. <laughs> uh, the, the fact that fans are really taking him to task because of the Winds of Winter book, is it done, is bullshit in my opinion. There was another podcast I listened to where listeners to the show sent in all sorts of nasty nicknames for him concerning his lack of completed book, and that absolutely infuriated me. He didn't ask for this show to be made. The fact anyone is mad that the show passed where the books are blows my mind, knowing the length of time it takes him to get one of these books out. It is because of his beautiful mind that we have these characters, and if the show ending is going to be different than the book ending so what enjoy the show 
if you watch it. Enjoy the books if you read them. But for Pete's sake, quit beating up on the man for, who created this world and these great characters just because he isn't moving at the pace we would like. Fans can be r such rude and ignorant asses, and it really gets under my skin. Michelle Barkley. Well, that's a valid point about George R. there at the end. However, I will say, I think one of the reasons people are as upset as they are about it is because he's writing other things. <laughs> it, it's it's not like he's not writing. He's just he's just not finishing the book that everybody wants. So he's like do, doing histories of the world of ice and fire and so on and so forth. Uh, and the Winds of Winter just keeps on not getting finished. So if he weren't putting anything else out, uh, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, but since he is doing other projects, I I think people have a little bit of a right to be somewhat irritated by it. Right, and I think, see, on the one hand, there's the massive dick part of me that wants to think that if I was George R.R. R. Martin, I would be taking selfies and posting them of every single thing I do during the day that is not writing the next Game of Thrones novel. <laughs> um, on the other hand, I can understand fans who have supported his work for, what, 20 years? Hmm. And, you know, have been anxiously waiting and, and conspiring and thinking, and, you know, they come up with the R and L theory, which they've been waiting for and ends up getting confirmed on the TV show before it's confirmed in the book, you know, that they're seeing the, the Johnny come lately's like myself getting rewarded without having put in the work without having yeah, had right. to suffer the way they have, mm -hmm. you know, and they're, and, and yeah, so I can, I can kind of understand that. And we're talking, it's not like a 20 book series. They're waiting on book six, right? Mm -hmm. They're big fucking books though. Oh, I know. Well, but of course, well, let's go to the flip side, which is that there are a lot of complaints about how big the books are, and <laughs> true, <laughs> uh, and and that he's wasting an awful lot of time with storylines that go nowhere and have nothing to do with anything, and have sand snakes in them or what have you. But um, so there, there are certainly no shortage of complaints about the quality of the last couple of books. Um, and, and Eric, you've voiced some issues about that, and I don't yes, I think have. you're. And, and but you're not alone, right? It's not just a matter right. of Eric being an ass about this. It's it's a it's a fairly common uh, common complaint. Mm -hmm. So, oh well. <laughs> right. Oh, and let me let me say this about uh, uh, Michelle asking about uh, John versus Danny. Uh, Danny's being a little bit of a. a a hard nose, yeah, about a bit of a prima donna, but she doesn't entirely know if she can trust John or believe him, and she hasn't seen the threat. So John has. So John should be, I think. John understands the seriousness of what they face. John should be more willing to bend because of that. I think. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Until until Danny sees otherwise. Yeah. And, and and there and there is certainly a legitimate question of well what is her problem with uh all right, she wants to free people from an evil bitch like Cersei? Fine. I get that, but why do you need to free them from the Starks? Right. Mm -hmm. So oh, oh oh there's no doubt. There's more here than her trying to help people. This this is really a power trip for her. She may oh, be that, that, a that good is, person, 
but that 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 is a part of it, absolutely. No, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Well, just and, like anybody who runs like for for office, it's uh, yeah. they 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 say they want to help people, they and they do it for public service, and so and that's true. But nobody runs for president who is not on some level uh, a bit right. arrogant and 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 power hungry. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And and well, and and I also think she's got a bit of a uh, oh, shit. I don't know the right words. Uh, but I, I think she honestly believes that this is her destiny. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because Stannis was the same way. I mean, Stannis, when he said, I didn't ask for this, but I was born a uh, Baratheon and, and my brother being passed and he doesn't have any children. Mm-hmm. I, I am next in line and this is my destiny and therefore I have to do it. He's doing it for different reasons. He was doing it because, right. because he actually believed that you just fall everything by the book, and since he was next, it was, he had to do it. Well, but, that is all a consequence of, the, of that world that they live in, is that power is, is inherited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and Daenerys is the same way, but she is a little more than that, I think. She's definitely a little power trippy, um, because she just, because it's that's her makeup, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. let's face it, her father was the Mad King, uh, and and I'm sure at least a little bit of that bag got passed down to her. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. They, they say that mental illness does travel genetically through folks, and in some cases, so that's true. Just as uh, alcohol abuse and various other mental diseases, as well as physical diseases such as breast cancer, are all genetically, um, yeah. So we we all know this. So yeah, and, and, and there's a lot of inbreeding in the Targaryen line. So yes, well that doesn't help too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's not a good thing. Yeah. All right. So uh, next week uh, is a new episode, and that will be called uh, East Watch. So that means something to do with uh, the Wall. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, will be directed. Yeah, it does not pretend well. Uh, Matt Shackman will direct that one as well. Uh, the writers, it's unknown. It's not been listed yet. And, um, yeah, so that'll be cool to, to see the wildlings because we know they're up there. And uh, Ed and all those guys. Uh, oh, it's going to be a bummer if the White Walkers attack before uh, John gets back with reinforcements. Mm, they're not going to fare well. All right, so with all that stated, I guess we'll uh, wrap it up and uh, we'll uh, come back next week. So, Eric, why don't you lead us out? All right, thanks for tuning in. Let's, let's talk about this episode. We'll come back next week. We'll do another one. Yeah.